0: SHUT UP AND SIT DOWN <laughs>
1: There's so many coasters in this room <laughs> There's at least 500 coasters
2: I wouldn't recommend using any of those in the coaster. Okay
1: Oh, it's not because of what the coat. This, this leather jacket. Why are you guys looking for coasters? <laughs> I just was going to hold on to it so I could have easy access. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. alright, fine. <laughs> yeah, you've got Marble Madness.
2: I do have Marble Madness. Wait, where? <laughs> <laughs> which, which system? Mega Drive.
0: It is. It is up in the
2: No. No way. <laughs>
1: I noticed that before, that it wasn't, yeah. No. Because a fear, I noticed a it because Road Rash 1 is there and Road Rash 3 <laughs> is up somewhere else. Yeah. Although all the Desert Strike and Urban Strikes are together. Yeah,
2: I kind of go through periods of, oh, this game should be with this game. Like mm. Sonic 1, 2 and 3 are together, mm. plus Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Sonic Spinball. But, you know, when you buy a game, and then you bring it well when I buy a game and I bring it back home and then you put it on the top of the stack yeah. and the, the one that it should go with is at the bottom of the stack yeah. there's not too much motivation to this is see this is apart. the problem
1: with stacks I think you need yeah. to revise your whole yeah. situation
2: I, I agree with you <laughs> I need to get proper shelving because these are just everywhere
1: this actually links into one of the things I was going to talk about today
2: Okay, cool. <laughs> well, it's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to record here, because not only is it blocked off from the rest of the house so we can easily chat, but also if people have questions about some of the games, I'm happy to talk about it, because mm. I can talk about these games for hours.
1: Mm. What's DJ Boy?
2: That is, um, it's a weird game. It's a beat 'em up on roller skates. That sounds good. It's, so it's, it's not like, a bad game, actually. It's like
1: playing Streets of Rage 2 with... With uh, Skate. What's his face? Yeah, Skate.
2: <laughs> it's it's more like um, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the beat 'em up oh. but on roller skates, but you only play two-player. Mm. Um, and it's very Japanese. So the bosses you mm. fight and things like that are very sort of... They're very Japanese is the way I'd okay. <laughs> describe it.
1: I've got a very controversial opinion about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the beat 'em up I don't think game. it'd be
2: controversial in this room. <laughs> Unless you say something completely I, I don't unexpected. Like it. I don't I don't like it. No, I don't like it either. <laughs> I I did back in the day, I well, in fact I completely fell in love with that game and played the goddamn shit out of that game and mm. um yeah, it was one of my favorites. But these days you play it, it's it's boring. Mm. There's not really anything going on. Once you finished it, there's no reason to play it again. And and also, I I could clock the score. Mm. Once you clock the score, as in get 999, mm. one more point, and it goes to zero, what do you do? Yeah. There's nothing else to do in the game. So, <laughs> Oh, there was one other thing, which was trying to finish it on one credit, mm-hmm. which I never did.
1: I thought that was the goal of every arcade game.
2: It is, but it's particularly... Cheap. Almost impossible <laughs> on the <but you> know, <laughs> Teenage Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I did it on second credit, but never on one. I oh, think that's people the way can second do it. is good. Yeah, people can do it, but I've never done it.
1: I think that's the way I felt about playing it. Well, Any time I play it, it feels like there's not a lot of skill involved, and it's just pumping quarters, basically.
2: That's how it was designed. Yeah, it was designed to be a pump and dump mm. sort of game. Mm. But yeah, there's. I mean, the bosses are actually quite easy once you know a way to sort of. Exploit the AI. Mm. Um, The main problem is where I would always lose my first credit is the the stage where you where you're on a skateboard. You know that stage, it's like an auto scroller. Yeah, Yeah. Mm. that was always just absolutely brutal and yeah, really hard to get through. Mm -hmm. But the rest of it's pretty easy.
1: Is it possible that we're like unfairly judging it based on the time frame? Because if you think about games like Double Dragon. I mean, I feel like Double Dragon's not that much different.
2: Mm. There's more going on in Double Dragon, though.
1: Well, I, I'm not much of an expert on that because I it was kind of a bit before my time. Mm. I never played it that much. Mm. Um, but obviously, compared to something like Streets of Rage, I mean, the, one of the things I love about Streets of Rage is, well, when you get to, like, number two, it's even in number one, but there's actually a lot of variety in terms of the moves that you can do. Yeah. Like different grapples and yeah. how you can throw them different ways. And I remember as a kid working out how to do the most damage. Like if you grab them, you can hit them twice and then you can throw them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and stuff like that. And so that was what part of what I think I enjoy about playing that. And I don't think that's there's much of that in the Mutant Turtles No, there's game.
2: not. It's a very, very simple game. Yeah, and Double Dragon is even more, much more complex than, than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's a lot of moves you can do in that. Okay. Unfortunately, it's kind of ruined by the elbow. The elbow is overpowered yeah. in Double Dragon. You can just go through the entire game just yeah. elbowing. Yeah. I mean, I've gone through that game without losing any energy whatsoever, mm. just by using the elbow.
1: Yeah, that's so the most experience I have with that game is when we played it last year at PAX, mm. and you showed me the elbow. Mm. You're like, you just need to do this. And we went through the whole game just elbowing everybody. Yeah,
2: Actually, yeah, I remember when we started playing it and you're kicking and you're punching and you're doing the headbutts and you're throwing people and kneeing people and you're getting knocked down and hit. And and I said, look, j- just do this. And then we just sailed through the rest of the game without a problem. Yeah. Yeah, but Double Dragon's really fun.
1: So maybe with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, part of it was the fact that there was the four-player version. Mm. That was really exciting, yeah. At the time,
2: yeah. I think it was also it landed at a perfect spot when Turtle Mania was just all over the world. Mm. Everyone loved it, mm. and me and me myself, I I absolutely loved the whole Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. Mm-hmm. And this game, that game, really captured that feeling. It felt like you were playing the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. The graphics were fantastic. It looked the exactly sound, the same. Yeah, yeah. And yes, it was a very simple game, but it really captured that feeling. Mm. Hmm. Cool.
1: Yes. Should we actually start the podcast now? Shut up and sit
2: down. Hello and welcome to Game the System podcast episode 7 podcast about the people that play and all things gaming retro arcade modern pinball board games and anything else we think is fun and interesting it's the 6th of april 2018 and my name's mark bell my name's matt (laughs) talking of dead air
1: Yeah, I'm never sure whether Matt's gonna go first or whether I'm gonna go first now. So you should
2: you both shouldn't look at me to see where I'm looking to determine who should introduce themselves.
1: You're saying we should
2: look at you. No, you shouldn't look at me. Oh, we shouldn't. No. Why? You're the you're the man. You're... <laughs> <laughs> we should just um maybe just have a standard rotation. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, who are you? I'm John. Right. Yeah. Cool. I'm that's giving up know. giving up on the name thing already. Oh, that's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone found it funny out there.
1: Yeah, someone would have, but probably not many people.
2: No, nah, probably not. Mm. You never know.
1: Write in. <laughs> Give <laughs> us feedback. On Tell us how unfunny specifically it was. on the forum, <laughs> uh, because Mark
2: demands it. Mark Williams. <laughs> yes, we'll talk about that later. Mm, okay. Uh, and we're recording. In my, well, I was going to say study, but that's a bit of a fancy term to give a spare room full of stuff. Mm. Um, it's basically my spare room. This is where I have my computer, mm. where I sit and do stuff now and again. What's but in it,
1: that JB Hi-Fi box with the tape that hasn't been opened?
2: Oh, <laughs> going into the question straight away. I was, I was going to mention that this is the room where I have all of my games not just vintage but vintage <laughs> not just retro you can call it vintage but no, also modern
1: we still need to have the the what is retro
2: mm, conversation conversation yeah <laughs> ten well, years. I, I think no. we, yeah
1: we feel, no <laughs> we cleared it up on the first episode
2: yeah 10 years
0: no <laughs> no 2d no <laughs> Two,
1: did you say 2d yeah no
0: nah, playstation doesn't count if it that's yeah that's where i'm put, i'm drawing the line now On PlayStation. Does that mean
1: we can't have PlayStation in the classic gaming area at PAX anymore? No. How are we going to have our
2: Wipeout 2097 (laughs) competition? (laughs) Do you realize that 10-year-olds are playing games at the moment that are retro that were on the Xbox 360? So they're looking back to when they were born and go, my God, that was a long time ago. (laughs) I'm 10 years old. Look at these really old games like Burnout Paradise, Bioshock. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I was just saying that, yeah, all my games are in this room except for my arcade and pinball, obviously, because they don't fit in this tiny room. And they're kind of just stacked in shelving, makeshift shelving, Mm -hmm. not really in any particular order. Um, The largest part of my collection would be Commodore 64. So I have Mm -hmm. about 400-and-something original Commodore 64 games, most of them boxed. Um, The next largest is probably Mega Drive, so I've got about 160-something boxed Mega Drive games, and then a smattering of everything else. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I thought if any of you had any questions about anything, we can talk about it, Mm -hmm. seeing as we're surrounded by it. But you asked a question about what's the boxed JB...
1: Yeah, the brown JB cardboard box that is yet to be
2: opened Mm. So, (laughs) um, I was going to get into this a little bit later But um, it's the, I I got a Commodore 64 Mini Or it's actually called the C64 Mini Right And I will go into reviewing that a little bit later Okay But me being me, I bought two (laughs) of them Right.
1: Oh, yeah. so that's why there's a second box yes. identically
2: shaped and
3: taped, <laughs> but
1: open. open. Yeah. yeah.
2: That'd be why. Because <laughs> I bought two of them, one to play, the other one. I'll stack into this stacking of shelves somewhere.
1: Mm. And stack it on top of the one of the stacks.
2: Exactly.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Shane Warne Cricket.
0: Classic. <laughs> Is it?
1: I, I don't know.
0: Probably pretty topical right now. Yeah, I think one (laughs) of those cricket games was good on Mega Drive. I don't remember if it
2: was that one or a different one. There's a few of them, isn't there?
0: Yeah,
1: so I might, I probably am going to randomly say names of games throughout this episode Uh because I'm facing a wall of mostly (laughs) Mega Drive games.
2: Yeah, no, that's good. Like I said, I can talk (laughs) about most of these for a while. The sports games, probably less. Altered Beast. Uh, You mean you can't talk about (laughs) Dick
0: Vitale's awesome baby college hoops? (laughs) What?
2: (laughs) That that red one there? No, I can't. Oh, wow. Dick Vitale. Awesome baby college hoops. Wow. So a lot of the sports games are the sort of pickups that I get because they're sitting in stores very, very cheap. Yep. And if I don't own it, why wouldn't I buy it if I'm sort of...
1: How do you know if you own it?
2: I have a app on my phone that lists every game that I have. Okay. And I found once my collection got a little bit out of control, I needed something like that. Because mm-hmm. like you said, how else do you know that you own something?
1: Yeah. Especially when it's yeah, it's a game like um PGA Tour Golf. Uh yeah. when there's 1 2 and 3 And you never play it, so how
2: are you going to know that you... Or Madden 95, 96,
1: 97. um, Have you played Buck
2: Rogers? Yeah, I have played Buck Rogers, actually. Yeah, that's that's a good game. It's an RPG.
1: There's an example of
2: a... Is that a utopian world? (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't know too much about Buck Rogers, actually. Okay. Um, But the game was great. It's very similar to um, a lot of the Dungeons & Dragons... RPGs back in the day like um, things like Pool of Radiance mm-hmm. on the Commodore 64 and Amiga mm-hmm. um, sort of top-down RPGs mm-hmm. um, yeah that, that's that's a pretty cool game
1: I picked up that Might and Magic box before as well and it's like exploding won't close because there's two big fat books in there yeah is it meant to be one book or is it
2: two books I think the main problem with it is that um, that particular version of Might and Magic that I have came from a video store Mm -hmm. and they, like, cut every single page of the manual so it's not bound anymore and so it sort of expands. Oh. But also there is two manuals in there, I think, because I have another manual from somewhere Mm -hmm. that I got from somewhere. But Might and Magic Gates to Another World on the uh, Mega Drive is one of my favourite RPGs of all time. It's absolutely wow. fantastic. Okay. Yeah. And
1: it says on the front of the box something about extra long battery life or something like that. Uh-huh. Does it? Yeah. I'll just pull or it might off be on the back. The shelf.
2: No, it's on the front. 6 mega with battery backup. Hint book included. Oh, battery backup. Where did you see this? The, ba-
1: the battery backup part. That's what I'm talking about. What's battery backup mean? It means it has a battery.
0: Right. Because game they games. couldn't use flash memory. Or... You save
1: your game on the cart.
0: Yeah. Right. they basically Well a, a static RAM chip and yeah. the battery keeps it powered while it's sitting in the case. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I know that they did that,
1: but I thought maybe the battery backup might mean something like it had like a longer battery life or... No. Okay. No. It just means you can save your game on the cart.
2: Yeah, that's right. Right. Whereas back in the the old days where it gave you a password or something yep. like mm. that yeah mm.
1: <laughs> you know what's good about those passwords these days though is it's much easier because you just get your phone out and take a picture of the screen and uh, you don't you have to have write it yeah, down yeah yeah
2: yeah
0: well except some of the passwords are like really long and typing them back in is still painful yeah but right? you have yeah.
1: to type it back in no matter what Mm. but at least you don't have to hand write it and then mm.
0: keep a piece of paper somewhere. No, the real best thing about the passwords is you can get them from other places and type them into ah. your game <laughs> instead of having to progress through the game yourself. Fair enough. If you want
2: Yeah, you'd get magazines with listings goal. of passwords yeah. so you can go wherever you want with mm-hmm. max you know, level and power and all that kind of stuff.
0: Just speaking of for some reason, it just kept popping into my mind because you got this kitchen card up there. Mm. I still remember the code to put in to get to go all the way to the last stage with like tons of money and <laughs> you still yeah. remember it. Yeah, it's Peg Los Medsma, T-E-G-L-O-S <laughs> M-E-D-S-M-A or something like that. Yeah. I
1: started playing it and I've got some pictures of the codes on my phone but not but these are ones that I actually achieved. Huh? I earned that code. Yeah.
3: Okay.
1: <laughs> it actually gets quite hard or I couldn't get past the second level not that I tried that much but hey, there's a game called Bio-B- Biohazard Battle. Mm-hmm. hasn't got anything to do with Resident Evil. No.
2: Okay. No, it doesn't. It's a go. shooter from memory.
1: There was something else I saw. Oh, yeah, you've got California Games. Now, is that foot the bag. version?
2: I'm glad we mentioned Footbag because we oh. need to mention
1: that every podcast. <laughs> well, what about Flying Disc? I want to know if it's the version with Flying Disc.
2: Uh, how do you tell? <laughs> Reaching I'm about. hoping it's going to say oh, it on the box.
0: Fortunately, it's on the top of the stack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. If it wasn't, it would okay, be a problem. Looking at the cartridge. So, the stack's about... Well, there's three shelves and it's yes, about
2: it says footbag on the back. <laughs> but the, <laughs> I'm so happy. What about the
1: flying disc?
2: That's the one I want to know about. Surfing, skateboarding, footbag, and bicycle motocross. Aha! Uh-huh. Some of the wildest sports around. Best enjoyed under the hot California sun. Practice any sport or jump right into competition. Aha! Uh-huh. I didn't hear anything about I wasn't no. imagining but it. Is hundreds.
0: there one behind you over here?
1: A C sixty four one, yeah um maybe barbarian trolls
2: footbag oh, goal here we go hacker try to keep the ball in, ball try to keep the ball in the air with as many kicks hits and headbutts as possible before time runs out before a game you can select one or two players one or two bags see that's better bags and earth or moon gravity for this event, in two-player simultaneous play, both players try to keep one or two sacks in the air for a single radical score. It was two-player. I don't remember that. The clock is at the top of the top center of the screen. The player name and score at the top right. Blah 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 blah.
1: If it helps, I can sing the footbad music. Boom boom <laughs> boom. bo boom Do you remember it? No. no. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> that's you all do. I rem- That's all I
2: remember. So this is funny. It calls the bag a ball, oh. and then a bag, and then a sack. All in that. This game needs to get its story straight. I mm. know.
1: Who wrote this manual?
2: I'd actually much prefer foot sack.
1: <laughs> I didn't know you were that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That'd be much funnier.
1: Ah. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Um. Yeah, so I was saying before, I was describing the stack. Mm-hmm. So there's three shelves, mm-hmm. and the, the... Well, there's, I think, four, but I can only see three, because the other yeah, one's under the shelves. table. But, um, so the top one, the games are stacked probably about 15 high, 20 maybe, between 15 and 20. Mm-hmm. And then the middle two look like 10, 10 high. So, yeah, California games just happen to be on the top.
2: Yeah, which is handy.
1: Now, I'd like to ask about... Revenge of Shinobi. <laughs> hey, Shadow Dancer! I saw that for sale too.
2: That's not a bad game. Shadow I did go Dancer. for it. It has a dog. They're yeah.
1: both on the bottom of the stack, and
2: yeah, I'm not going to pick those up. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge of Shinobi is a really good game, actually.
1: Yeah, I so I had on the Mega CD the Mega Drive Games Collection, which mm. had Revenge of Shinobi.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's a great game. I think it's regarded as one of the better. Or the best Shinobi game Yeah That had good music too Yeah fantastic music It probably sounded better than that Need to get out some of your whistling Anyway shall we move on from looking at things And we can sort of maybe dart in here and there with questions of stuff. Okay, sure. All right. We'll go to read a feedback.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We have one and only one. It's real. It's a real
1: roller coaster ride with this I feedback. Think it is,
2: yeah. <laughs> we had zero, then we had heaps, and then we had one. Yep. What can you do? Uh, but Carrie on Twitter oh. uh, says, Enjoyed the pod, though still too much of a pussycat to take on RE7. That's kind of fair enough. Like you John?
1: It well, I I actually would play it if I hadn't or hadn't already watched it being played in full. <laughs> I think I I would watch it. I would play it. Hmm. Um what I wouldn't do is play it in VR because that would be poopy pants scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played this um Batman. It was more like a tech demo um on the playstation oh, vr oh no. have
0: you played it i've played a batman demo on vr mm. they can't
2: be pretty more sure. than one
0: it's it was i think it was pretty early on
1: in the playstation vr life and it's kind of this game where it's actually pretty cool um and you're batman but you have to basically be like a detective and you oh, look at a crime scene yeah and yeah you have to try and Figure out what happened and use all your devices to. Mm,
2: that was very early. Yeah, yeah,
1: and it's it's pretty cool. Mm. Um, and towards the end, there's a bit where you like get locked in like this room, and it's like a room that's only got enough space to kind of stand up in, and there's a mirror on one side of the wa- like of the wall, and so you're looking at yourself, and you're Batman, <laughs> so it's Batman looking back at you, and when Batman, you move, Batman. he moves. Yeah. Yeah. And then um you have to turn around and do some things and then there's a you look back in the mirror and then it's Joker and it's like scared the shit out of me like it was so that was I was so scared like I was at the point where I was almost at a point where I had to stop like I've mm. never that's the closest I've ever come to being like okay I can't do this anymore which mm. you know for me I I've, I've always felt like I would never get to that point and I've always said no to things that I think might get me to that point. Mm. So, I've never been there before. And it was like (laughs) this weird feeling where I was like, I don't know if I could keep playing this game. (laughs) Mm. But I got through it. Mm. But it was scary. But Mm. because of that experience, I know that I could never play Resident Evil in um, VR.
2: I'd actually really like to, but I just know that I'd probably get motion sickness. Mm. Because if... I think I'm pretty sensitive to that kind of stuff where even a first person shooter if the frame rate isn't high enough, yeah, then it gets me and I can start yeah like get a headache and start to feel sick and yeah. I just know that VR's not quite there mm. yet. It yeah. looks bloody amazing now at the moment, but it's still not quite there and yeah. If so many people are still getting sick mm. playing it, then mm. I know it's gonna make me sick. Yeah. So I'm still waiting yeah. until they get the technology right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I'd love to play it in VR RE7 but mm. yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that is the kind of game that would cause motion sickness if you you know if that's going to happen. I I played another game where I did experience some motion sickness and it was the weirdest thing because I've never experienced anything like that before like mm. you know, I go on cruises and stuff and never had any problems, so I've never experienced any kind of motion sickness before. Mm. But um I was playing this game where it's like you're in, like, a mech kind of thing, and you can walk around, but you can also jump, like, transport yourself by doing big leaps across the map, and it's sort of like... on PC? On PlayStation 4. So, the only VR I've played is PlayStation VR. Oh, it was on VR. VR. Right, okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, And um, that game, after playing that for, like, half an hour, I started to just feel, like, sweaty, like, hot, and then, Mm. like... A bit queasy in the stomach, like mm. I had gas or something. Um, and, yeah, I suppose, like, eye fatigue kind of feeling. Mm. I don't know how to describe that. It's almost like dizzy, but not dizzy. It's, no.
2: You know. And it's worse when you stop. Yeah. Because when you stop, that's when it really kicks in. Okay. Well, I...
1: I um, maybe, Maybe I didn't get that far, but mm. I felt better once I... Well, it wasn't that bad, honestly. Like, I I just was like, oh, I just have to stop this because I don't feel good. Mm. And then I only realized later, oh, that was probably motion sickness. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I I don't understand why FPS games do it to me actually, because like you, I don't get motion sickness or seasickness or anything like that mm. in any other situation, mm. except for some FPS games. Oh, it I see. feels like if it's if the frame rate if the frame rate's not high enough or it's the engine mm. like if if some of the textures like warp mm. in your periphery then that can really get to me mm. um, but yeah in real world situations i never have a problem
1: oh so you get it from not not just vr from also oh yeah i've never first tried person vr shooter. oh okay yeah, right.
2: cuz i know i'll get sick from it
1: okay
3: Hmm.
1: yeah well, I think the main thing is, yeah, when you're in VR, it's when you're moving, but you're not actually moving. <laughs> mm. So your body's not moving, but in the game, you're moving, and your brain is just confused. Yeah. doesn't yeah, know that's what's right. going on. So,
2: yeah. Um, continuing on regarding the Switch, this is Kerry again. Mm-hmm. Um, look at 8bitdo.com. Kerry has the NES and Famicom Pros, yeah. they are wireless with retro look. Works on Switch and on phones and others. Mm -hmm. Um, Negatives of these, though, is the Bluetooth sync isn't flawless, but what Bluetooth device is flawless? Mm. I have a lot of problem with every Bluetooth device I have. Mm. Um, And by the way, Kerry is a he. Okay. Right. (laughs) He says. See? I thought so. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry about that. It's us making, or I should say me, making another broad assumption mm. about something. Typical. Yeah. Yeah, those <laughs>
0: controllers, yeah. Probably, yeah, that's the controller I'd be buying if I'm getting mm. something. For the Switch. No, so- for anything. They're oh. mm, For oh. PC games, oh, cool. for random things, yeah.
1: So does it have to, does it have like a dongle or something?
0: Uh, I don't know if they come with one, actually, but... They're just it's pure Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah. So what is right. it? It's it's like so, a
1: nes looking controller yeah. that's
0: yeah. Bluetooth and the SNES one as well. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. Hmm. That sounds good.
0: And actually, there's a there's a SNES Pro one. It's got with analog sticks in it, so it oh. looks like the SNES controller, but they've put two analog sticks All in right. it. So you can play basically, you know, whatever no, no, no. modern yeah. 3D game as well.
1: It's hmm. so weird. Like I have found that I'm still. Having trouble getting used to the SNES, not SNES, well, it's the same, the Nintendo controller layout in terms of the fact that, see, I, the, I always think of it back to PlayStation, and maybe that's because it was such a big part of my, you know, gaming life. But the circle button, <laughs> mm. which is where on a um, Nintendo controller it's A. And that's like your main like going forward, like accept button and usually your main button in whatever game you're playing. And then where the X is on a PlayStation is B, which is like back and will get you out of things and cancel things. Mm. And so it's the opposite of the PlayStation, which is generally like X is forward. And yeah, Matt's going to say something. But yes, I will. Is it? Unless I think I know what you might going to say. And maybe is it in Japan that it's the other way? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So is that like on um, the games they swap it, or is it just Japanese more Japanese based games that are Uh, like
0: that? On games they swap it. I guess so. I mean, do you know what I mean?
1: Like, is it is it like the Japanese version of a game? It'll be circle to go forward, but then on the US version it's X. Like, do they actually change it? That's what I understand. Game? Is what what's okay. going on? Yeah. All right. And mm. fair enough.
0: The reason, more or less, is because you know a circle is more like a tick. Like the correct, this is correct, mm. and the back is like no. Yeah, like, right. You know, so the X is no. That does yeah. make sense. That's the thought behind it. Yeah. And
1: yeah. it yeah, and it makes sense that Sony
0: would design it that way.
1: So why would they change it in the US? Yeah, it's so
0: because bizarre. we use tick marks instead of circles Is yeah. the correct answer. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's yeah, what I read. There's no I tick on the PlayStation. It's an it? X exactly. circle. Yeah, because, you know, those shapes are yeah. universal. Yeah. yeah. It's like in
1: um, Point Blank when you shoot something correct, it's a, it's yeah. a circle. Yeah, yeah. And when you hit the wrong yeah. thing, you get the X. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So, but it's been so hard for me to get used to it. And I don't. Maybe it's because I'm jumping backwards and forwards between systems. Yeah. And then the other. thing... I've always
2: that, struggled with it.
1: It's it. And I'm getting really thrown off with just the controller layout in general. So it happens the same with the X and the Y button. So on the Switch control, the X is in the square position. I could still be getting it confused, <laughs> and the Y is in the triangle position. X Y Z. Yeah. You sure. I could be wrong. Okay. I can't remember now.
0: <laughs> so, I the PlayStation controllers always screwed me up. When you got things with quick time events, on the screen it's oh, telling yeah. you to press square and I don't know where square is. Yeah, oh, okay. Yep. But I know I know the X is on the bottom and I know the right. triangle's on the top because so it's like an yeah. po- arrow yeah, yeah, pointing yeah, up yeah. Yeah. and the other two I can never get. It's, it's, it's
2: <laughs> funny you say that because that's exactly my experience as well. <laughs> yeah. so quick time probably- events just absolutely stuff me because you don't know those two buttons but yeah. the other ones you do. Yeah. Mm.
0: So, I can do them one, three, six. you know hadn't played a lot of 360 games when mm. that when that that fad was happening mm, mm. i could do all those like pretty quickly yeah, yeah playstation stuff oh
1: so yeah for me it's i know where the buttons are square mm. it's in the square spot which what, what's <laughs> what's that i guess that's the left because we just it's talked the about the circle yeah. the so it's and then triangles at the top and circle
2: is on the right and x is at the bottom
3: mm.
2: yeah
0: yeah in the heat of the moment that's that's never going to Happening in my brain. Forget about the heat
2: of the moment. Just picking a movie in Netflix stuffs me up every time the <laughs> <a> PS4. <laughs> oh
1: my God. That's a really old man thing.
2: Hey, come on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those controllers, are, again, are from 8 bit com. Hmm. Yeah. Do Recommended.
1: They sh- ship yeah. internationally. Are they? Presumably. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, you can get them.
2: Cool. Um, we also had s- small amount of feedback from um, Baker Snark MDW on the forum relatively regarding the small. forum. Relatively um, small. Relatively small to his usual feedback. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just mentioning that he would probably prefer if people gave feedback more on the forum rather than other um, circles. But I understand that people sort of. I mean, there's so many ways and networks and things that people are involved with Mm. in our communities that how do you just pick one? I mean, you can't. You need to cover all bases. So Mm. I completely understand what Mark is talking about, that it would be more conducive to a conversation. Someone gives some feedback and then you can talk about it. So it would be great if it was just the forum, but it's realistically it's not going to happen. It's going to be the forum. It's going to be Facebook. It's going to be Twitter. It's going to be email. Mm. That's just the reality.
1: Yep. Yeah
2: definitely In saying that, mm. people listening to this feel free to join the forum. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a great place. <laughs> it is. I actually had some feedback too. Please. Some word of mouth feedback. Oh, not no, yeah. your feedback. That's what I sort of thought <laughs> was happening here
3: <laughs>
1: from my wife. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> and she said if you liked Resident Evil 7, perhaps you would like Oh, now I've forgotten the name of the game.
2: Jeez.
1: My old brain. She's not doing so well.
2: <laughs> no, I think it's the um, coffee mixed with Bailey's that are doing it.
1: No, that's crazy talk. <laughs> that's helping me out big time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, What was it called? I think you would know the game, and I'm pretty sure...
2: Describe it to me.
1: It's, so, it's one that is... It's first person, and it was an independent game. And it was a horror game... Modern uh, uh retro
2: as in 10 years ago
1: it may possibly be 10 years old now so I don't retro. think so right. it's not I don't think it's 10 years old now so it's probably somewhere in the 5 to 7 sort of range mm-hmm. and basically it was a game wow. ah now i remember now that i've described the game it's called amnesia yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh I yeah <laughs> so i've I never ha- played it but i know
0: it i have it in my steam library and i've never played it i know a bit about it Okay.
1: Too scared I'm, to play it? I mean... You should just gift it to Mark. Can I don't do have that? a
2: PC. He doesn't have a PC, never mind. Don't but give it to me. I think it's on Mac. It's on Mac. I'm not going to play <laughs> games on my crappy MacBook Air. You're disappointing. It hardly yeah, runs but, Microsoft Word, let but, alone a game. But indie games from, from 10 years ago, you know. Yeah, maybe.
1: So, my wife, Brianna, went to all the trouble of walking <laughs> from one room to the next to tell me, by word of mouth... Actually, that's not what happened at all. We were listening to it in the car, so she literally <laughs> had to turn her head, you know, 90 degrees, probably not even.
2: But I do know the game, and I would like to play the game, oh.
1: but I kind of, for some reason, I kind of expected you to say something like, you know, because of the random things that you seem to dislike,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't like it. Yeah, so. I'm pretty picky. <laughs> drives my wife mad.
1: But from what you said last week about Resident Evil, yeah, it seems like a game that... Mm. Whether you enjoy it or not, I suppose you should definitely Mm. have a look at it, Mm. Mm. because it um, has all the things that you said that you liked, basically. Mm. And yeah, I remember it being really good, but it's, yeah, graphically, I suppose, simple. Yeah. um, It was when it came out. Yeah, I think it it was made by like one guy, Mm. I think. Mm. I mean, I'm totally in the realm of speculation and broad assumptions. Not that we do that. We never do that sort of thing. Um,
2: I think it was made by a she, possibly. Mm. Again, probably a he.
1: I have no idea, <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely, definitely a cool game and worth looking at.
2: Yeah, but I, I and I it's have, on Mac. Yeah, I have watched a speed run of it actually. Oh, oh you've watched the whole game. I yeah. I
0: know very little about it, so
2: I well, going to it fresh. You've had to play it. You say the whole game, but watching a speed, run, speed run, run is not often, uh, especially the whole if it's
1: game. a narratively based game, because. Yeah, You don't get any story when you watch a speedrun, really.
0: Mm. Well. Yeah. yeah.
2: Cool. Yes.
1: So, feedback worth given.
2: Mm. Indeed. I'm impressed <laughs> she knows that game, actually. Where does she know it from?
1: We watched someone play it on YouTube. <laughs> 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 yeah. YouTube. Pretty much all... Solves all problems. All the gaming knowledge that my Except wife has... Except all the problems
2: it's causing right now.
1: Yeah. Is... um. Yeah. From watching people play games on YouTube. Because, hmm. yeah, somehow I got her into watching stuff, video games. She hmm. doesn't really play much, hmm. but she'll watch someone else play hmm. on YouTube and enjoy it.
2: I watch more games than I play.
1: We've watched... um, One of the her favourite series is, is a guy called Sips, who's done a big Skyrim series. Hmm. And it's very funny, and that's one of her favourite things. Okay. She routinely goes back to it like, what, like you would go back to watching a series that you enjoy.
2: Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And she's never played the game?
1: No. Hmm. Never. She's watched me play it a little bit. She's watched him play it a lot. Hmm. So, yeah. But he's the sort of guy that really adds a lot of his own, like, elements. you yeah. know, plays it like an RPG hmm. and adds his own, you know, um, silly role-playing stuff into yeah. it. Like yeah. Like the, um, <laughs> he became the bucket murderer, and whenever he would kill an innocent person, he would find a close by bucket and put it upside down
2: on their head. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> the crazy things you can do in those games. Yeah, so, yep. Cool. Um, so why don't we move on to what each of us have been doing in games? Mm-hmm. Um, I went first last time. <laughs> It's. It really
1: sounds like we maybe hate doing this or something because we never <laughs> want to go first. It's like, it's kind of fine, but uh, I don't know. It's
0: more like a courtesy, right? Oh, I went first. Now it's your. You know. Yeah, that's right. So you that's a better way things, to say it, right? John. Wait,
1: that's are you guys telling me now it. that I'm going right now? <laughs>
2: uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Maybe it's because it feels weird to go. I mean, I've done it a few times. Like
2: I'll uh, go. Okay.
0: True. Yeah. Okay. It's because we haven't planned this ahead of time. I think just, actually, just it's like Matt's the opening.
2: Oh. I think it's Matt's turn. I'm dubbing you in now. Okay, come on, Matt.
0: So, is it time for a River Raid update?
2: Oh my god!
0: I think we didn't do this last time.
2: No, I'm. No, we didn't. actually a little bit surprised. I, I thought, thought River Raid was kind of. It's the weekly left to sit segment. A while
0: was it? I mean, because
2: you're up to PCB <clears throat> gate. right? <laughs> 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 past label gate. Well, not really, because
1: the label's not printed. You have to give me the artwork Ah, to print the label.
2: And there's been no GameCube.
1: Yeah, what's going on? Well, I don't have a label. (laughs) You didn't even give me a birthday present. (laughs) You don't have a... I need the artwork to print the label.
0: Ah, Oh, yeah. Stand off.
2: Stand off. I just want the box.
0: The box? That's a simple request, isn't it? Was I... I didn't... Did I promise a box?
1: Yeah. No. Wow, have you forgotten? You need to listen to the podcast. so easily... (laughs) This backstabbing, it's just like in Basic Instinct.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Without the... Anyway, let's move on. (laughs) Matt, talk about... So I think last time
0: we spoke, I was working on the PCB and like frustrated with the tools.
1: Yeah. I thought the PVM was kind of like the covert, like, leading to something to do with Riverade, or is that something completely different? The monitor from last week. Oh,
0: no, not really, but it might help. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of... After after we spoke on the last podcast and then um, a bit more other stuff after that, I got to thinking about what to do. And people suggested things. Mark Williams suggested some stuff. Mm. But I didn't actually use any of I- those ideas, but oh. still made progress anyway.
2: Oh. <laughs> Mark's <laughs> well, going to be just because it.
0: It got me, got me moving anyway. So thinking you about it more, found your own way. Yeah, and
3: you can go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the dumb problem, <laughs> the main problem I had was I couldn't find a part that I, a part in Eagle that I had to put in. Okay, <laughs> sorry, and <laughs> <laughs> couldn't download one. But I found someone else who made an Atari cartridge, and I found out that you can like take the part off their one and put it in your project, which doesn't seem... I mean, it seems like it's when I say it now, it's cheap. like... Nah, it was completely different. It's like oh. a PCB jigsaw puzzle. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, you got the part <laughs> in, and I finished the board and wired it oh, off. shut up <laughs> now. <laughs>
2: that really
1: put some dead air into it, didn't it? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I keep interrupting him. I think he's getting annoyed. <laughs> never. <laughs> that would never happen. He's only got one facial expression.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, I've sent the board off to Osh Park, and I'm waiting for it to get made. Oh. Mm. Ah.
2: Wait. How how did you send the board off?
0: So, in Eagle, there's a button you press. Oh, so it sort uh, of
2: produces a file.
0: Yeah. So, they call it Gerber's. Excuse me? Gerber's. Mm. Gerber's. Yeah. So, this is apparently some industry thing. I don't know. It's some kind of file. It's a set of files. Mm. And they they're what you sent. Send to your PCB maker and they make...
2: Oh, so this is like a universal standard.
0: More or less. I'm pretty right. sure everybody uses this. So, it's, so like Eagle has its own format. And probably every other program has its own format. But everybody... Mm-hmm.
2: Uses gerbils. G- g- yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Oshpark Park well, is one of the
0: like places you can send them to. There's a few others, but that's... And where are they? I've got no idea.
2: But you sent it to them. Uh, Over the internet Oh, right, I see Okay
0: (laughs) Yeah, so they, you know Yeah And it takes a couple of weeks to make the things You have to buy three, you can't just buy one So That's fair enough I guess I've got to make three I was going to ask
2: how many you had to order Because I would have thought it would be more than three You're going to get
0: three And I don't know if it's going to work yet So if Mm. if
2: these It might be like your phone case
0: Yeah, sure (laughs) <laughs> could be slightly wrong, and if it doesn't work at all, I've got to fix the design and send it again.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, so I'm waiting for the board to arrive, so okay. I can actually try it.
2: And is there any estimation of when that arrives?
0: I uh, I think it's two weeks, hmm. and, but I did it a week ago. so. And you don't have to do now.
2: anything else to this board? It comes to you, and it's oh, so got Riverade on it?
0: No, I've got to populate it. So it that's just the board by itself. And I got the, the Eprom chip. Mm-hmm. Put that in and you know capacitor and the inverter. Like so the part, I've got to put the parts on it, it's just the, yep. the PCB by itself. So yeah. do you
2: have a Eprom burner?
0: No, I made one. We we ex- I explained this oh, oh, got right. uh, the Arduino yeah, okay. yeah, EEPROM, yeah. EEPROM programmer. Yep. Yeah.
1: So uh, I don't I'm surprised that there isn't like a standard PCB for Atari games. Why they, did you have to make it?
0: Oh, because I'm stupid and, and wanted to do it my own way. Oh. Like, because I'm using an EEPROM e- because I didn't want to use an EEPROM. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> so, I could have
0: just bought and then have an existing board. you have to make board. it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it the easy way. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, if it does work, I can publish my board and other people can True. use it. And they don't have to mm. use e- EPROMs. You can be a provider. Like, you know.
1: Wouldn't it be crazy if out of all of this, you became like the Matt Tolhurst Atari PCB business?
2: I
0: don't know that there's a big market for that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's why I'd be crazy. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe suddenly now that it's available, it just explodes. That's not gonna happen. No,
0: no, no. <laughs> no. But what's the prediction on how many of these things I'm gonna make? It's three, right? I'm getting three boards. So I'm just gonna make three cards now. And now I need, now I need two other housings because I've already, like, I've got the one. We went through all that oh trouble to get the. I <laughs> saw the blanket, you know, Activision cartridge <laughs> with no label on it.
2: Then, and, and then there's Label Gate. <laughs> we still have to solve that. And now there's Boxgate. We saw no, apparently, apparently I'm not getting a it
0: box anymore because printing a label is not, you know, ethically a problem. <laughs> Peeling the label off an existing game is the problem. Hmm.
1: I saw a copy of Boxing and Cash Converters today. Yeah, but the cartridge I think was different.
0: Yeah, so it's it, it's an angled one. No, maybe we, it was... we've got a bunch of Atari's right games right here. <laughs> yeah, all these Activision ones—they're all going to look the same. Yeah, it didn't look like that, but it said Boxing.
1: I think there's only one boxing. Maybe it wasn't an Atari game. Are there other consoles that have cartridges like that? That look similar? I think
0: so. Yeah, um with mm. the angled front. There's yeah. some Atari ones that do, but not the not Activision ones.
3: Mm.
2: Boxing's not Activision though. That is, no, is. it is. Oh is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's why I used That's it. That's why I used it, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, of course. Jeez, where have you been? Oh
2: <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> you obviously didn't
1: listen to episode or whenever it was We were mm. talking about it
2: Yeah And he's so not, not
1: Visiting the off-topic forum either Except when he posts about no. Stuff that he needs
2: I even talked explicitly about The You know The boxing written in pen On that <laughs> label Oh yeah Saying how you ruined it And, and then I forgot <laughs> Oh well Is it time for a drink? It can be It can absolutely be time for a drink.
0: gonna sound great
2: (laughs) sure will all
1: right um what were you saying recording. yeah it's still recording i just left it
2: yeah we got plenty of room uh yeah so So pcb easy waiting for it to come back
0: yeah and i guess in the meantime i should probably set up my atari and make sure it works
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. with your new monitor
0: yeah, that's another problem because, yeah, my Atari is not modded. It, I can only do the antenna out, the RF. Mm. Mm-hmm. The monitor doesn't have a TV tuner in it. Mm. Uh, so I'm not sure how to solve that. Exactly. Mm. I'm sure that you can get it modded.
1: Actually, there's a guy. You can
0: mod it. Yeah, I actually have, I, I actually have two Atari 2600 at home. And one's halfway modded, like we started a mod <laughs> and never finished it because the instructions were for a different revision of the board. Oh. Mm. So I can break that one all I want to, mm. you know.
2: Yeah, but you don't want to break your original My one. original
0: one, my my six switch, I don't mm. really want to break.
2: No. So is can you
1: tell tell us about this Atari, the origins of this particular Atari? Is it the one my you My one? Had? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's the one that I had as, as a, a child growing up. Yep. Back in the Still day. Still there.
1: The one that your sister used to watch you play when yeah. your parents were watching the news.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't have all the games that we had, but I do have the Kaboom cartridge, because this is the one that... the I probably, probably the reason why I do have it is because sometime in my 20s, I pulled it out and played Kaboom. Mm. And so, I have the system, the Kaboom cart and the paddles, which are the Commodore 64 paddles. Mm. Mm. So, that that's what I have. But most of the games are pretty sure are gone.
2: Right. They just got thrown away over time yeah, for yeah. I, I whatever don't know reason, actually, but it's so weird yeah, that, that happens.
1: How, yeah, stuff like that. Like, where did it go? I don't know. Who knows? Mm. But I don't. You don't have it anymore. Yeah. You
2: know? mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've got stacks of video game magazines that have just disappeared. Mm. I don't know what had happened to them.
1: Mm. I think I had some consoles. I think I just handed down to people, and mm. and then yeah, once it was gone, it was gone, and mm. yeah.
0: That's kind of what happened with my, my Commodore 64 and the Mega Drive. They they went to other family members. Mm. Vanished. Right.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah, right. So, your Atari is the only original from back in the day that you still got? Yeah. Mm.
1: Wow. So, you
0: kept the Atari over the Commodore. Uh yeah. Nobody wanted the Atari. <laughs> well, I wanted... To, that's the reason why <laughs> I, well, I wanted it. That's why it's, I have it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I've still got my original... Commodore 64. It's lying behind me in the dust. Huh. It's kind of bastardized because, um, and I can't remember why I did this, but one day I pulled the keyboard out and then pulled all the springs off it, off the springs off the keys. Like I said, I can't remember why I did this. And then a couple of years later, I decided, oh, I've kind of ruined my Commodore 64. I'd like to play it again. So I ripped out a VIC 20 keyboard. And put the VIC twenty keyboard in my original Commodore sixty four, which works. Yeah. It's all fine, and I could play it. But now I sort of think back and think I'd like the original keyboard in my original Commodore sixty four that I had back in the day, mm. the the machine that I fell in love with and you know got as a Christmas present as a kid. And I still have that keyboard, which is sitting inside a VIC twenty over there. Yeah. Um, but it's got no springs in it, yeah. so it doesn't work. Mm. So one day. One day, I'll restore it all <laughs> and get it all up and working like it was. Hmm. One day.
1: I have to make a one-day
2: list. Yeah. For the day. <laughs> I've got a big one-day list.
0: <laughs> yeah, so people have good suggestions on how to get the thing to work without me having to get like a VCR or something to plug it in so I can tune a channel and get oh yeah, yep. an AV out. Yeah. Hmm. I was okay. trying to find some kind of little TV... You know, like a PAL mm. demodulator or whatever. Mm. I think, Like, you just... like I imagine that it'd be useful to have one that just works for consoles. It's only got channel 3 and 4 because you don't need all the others.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: I think yeah. you should just mod it because won't you get a heaps better picture that way anyway?
0: Yeah, but um, I want to know the works before I mod it as well. Ah. I mean, because if I do the thing and nothing happens, you don't know what, well, what's going on. Do you have a mm. normal TV? <laughs> no. With an RF? I, I do actually... I mean, my my main TV, it's, in, you know, it's a big LCD. Mm. It has an analog tuner in it. You can I also guess, you yeah. try
1: it on my TV, at my place, if you want to, mm. next time.
2: I think I've also got a... I might have a VCR. I know I've got a DVD player, and that might have a tuner in it, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I might have a VCR as well that you could take. I don't know. If I mean, if, if I
0: get desperate, you know, but I wanted a box that's, like, much smaller. Hmm.
2: I think half the fun is sort of, you know, making your own custom thing. And I think that's where you want to go, right? You want want me to
0: make my own TV tuner? See, it's not a question. It's another thing on the list. (laughs) (laughs) It can go on the list of stuff that I ambitiously start and never finish. Mm -hmm.
2: Like all of us.
3: You can go.
1: (laughs) 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 You can build your own TV tuner.
2: And anything else happening? Because that's a lot. Uh Okay, that'll do. No, no, no. What, what else is happening? I just meant that it's he, a lot, he, as in there's a fair few things yeah, going on. It's but dense. But we're interested to know more.
1: <laughs> what else is going on?
0: Oh, there's the one world. thing I haven't shown you guys yet. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is like... <laughs>
2: he's reaching into his pocket. my pocket. I'm, and I'm little out. a little concerned.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs>
2: a River Raid wallet. That's pretty yeah.
1: cool, actually. Yeah. So, is that... Did you get that printed by the same people as you? No, friend? I
0: bought it from Ebb, EB. Oh. They just had it. Yeah. But
2: we hate EB. Do we?
0: No, the new <laughs> EB I'm, I'm much more into. The yeah, EB, we has all said and that. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking we of like that. which,
1: i got to go to JJ's and get one of those shirts. PlayStation shirts. Oh, okay. And I'll get an N64 one for you, Mark. Oh, that'd be great. I'd
2: wear that every day. <laughs> just
1: because when you think about 3D graphics. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I might send it on fire. With not me in it, so you got that from EB, yeah. Okay, so that's is, cool. is
0: this totally? I mean, that's pretty cool. stereotyping. This is the thing that's been on my mind like most of the year. Mm. You know what I think, and now uh, carrying it around all the time. So as you well. just sort
2: of walked into EB and found it, or or did uh, you know it
0: was there? And did we actually I, did tell? No, it? I didn't. I was looking for something. Hang on, did we actually tell the listeners what it is? <laughs> yeah. Or did we just all go a river raid oh, oh, wallet? but yeah. I guess. So it, it looks it requires like the it looks like the box, actually. It looks like the Riverade box art hmm. on it. It's a red wallet with the print on it, yeah. Hmm.
1: Can I have a close look at it? Okay. Do you have personal details in
0: here? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Don't look license. too
2: deep. <laughs> actually. <laughs> condoms. <laughs> some used. Just in case.
1: <laughs> See, okay. Cards I mean, it with seems cocaine. like the, um, the quality seems okay. So, um, the thing that annoys yeah. me about products like this mm. is that they often do them really low quality, like, where the wallet is not really actually functional, mm. you know, or it falls apart in, like, six months. And this seems okay.
0: Give me a feel.
2: Really? I would like a feel of your okay. wallet. So, while you're feeling,
0: I'll say as well, at EB, they have a Atari 2600 wallet. And it's the six Switch, Atari 2600. Huh. Oh. This, this is all, they're both speaking to me in a way. Like, <laughs>
2: look at the amount of cash in this Do they have anything thing? else? Is it or is there? There all that? And Iron
0: uh, PlayStation 1, I think. hmm uh, Sega. Uh, maybe Mega Drive 1. That'd I be think, cool. Yeah, like they look like the console. This was... I think this might have been the only one that was like modelled after a game. Mm. No, nah, maybe there was others. But anyway, this stood out. Mm. I'm like, yeah, oh. That's cool. You I have guess I have that. I guess yeah, I'm buying it.
2: What other games did they have, or is it just River Raid? I don't remember any others. Right,
0: but that may be because I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. caught my attention immediately. Yeah.
2: He had
1: that moment, like in Wayne's World, when all he <laughs> saw was just that, and yeah,
2: you know, yeah, that music went off in the background. I Believe you can get me through the
1: night, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: and it's just the River Raid wallet.
2: <laughs> cool, yeah. Anything else? No. Okay. Should I go next? I don't think I've ever gone in the middle, in the sandwich. Yeah, whatever. Yeah? I probably have, actually, but anyway. Um. Okay, so I went on a little Easter holiday. Um, mm-hmm. I went to Lithgow. Well, not really Lithgow, but... The, the surrounds oh, yeah. of Lithgow.
1: You had to climb a mountain to upload the last episode. Yes. Mm.
2: Yes, I did. Um, so, it was, we were staying in a cabin in the bush for the four days over the Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, before that, I got a notice that um, the Commodore 64 Mini was going to be delivered. The C64 Mini, mm. Mini I should say. Um, And I was hoping it would arrive... Before we went on our holiday, because I could take it along, you know, have a bit of a play and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but sadly, it arrived on the Thursday uh, before the long weekend holiday. Mm-hmm. and I was at work. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I wasn't here to pick it up. But thankfully, it got delivered to a local grocer um, oh. that is open on public holidays, oh. which is completely unusual usually they deliver it to a post office yeah. and they're closed on public holidays
1: wait what what was this like a click and collect thing or something or why no. is it getting delivered to a, a local grocer
2: i don't know they must be like a a particular J, a partner of a outlet. no <laughs> i think they might be a particular courier partner we've got any
1: c64s we've got melons we've got oranges
2: <laughs> we've got it all <laughs> Um, so yeah, thankfully they were open on the, on the good Friday. Um, so as we were literally completely packed all the car, we've got the dogs in the car because where we were staying, you know, you could take dogs. Mm. Um, so on the way we stopped off at this grocer and I picked up my C64 Mini. Nice. And we drove up to Katoomba and through Katoomba. It took about three and a half hours to get there because traffic was horrible. Mm. Um, yeah, so we arrived, um, spent the first day probably relaxing before I decided to pull this yeah. thing out. Um, but yeah, then I gave the C64 Mini a go and maybe I could do sort of like a, a review mm-hmm. of what I thought of the C64 Mini. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. So, it's um, it comes in a really impressive package. Um, mm-hmm. The box... It's kind of weird saying the box is cool, but the box is cool. <clears throat> it's like a really nice print, very colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you open it all up um, and, you know, you you lift open the, mm. the flap to the box and you look in, mm. and there's this tiny little Commodore 64 in there. Mm-hmm. It looks really, really cool. Mm-hmm. You, you sort of get this wave of nostalgia come over you because mm-hmm. it's like, it's almost like opening a real Commodore 64 box. <laughs> it's not. I can't but, say
0: I know what that's like.
2: No, you probably don't. Matt might. The,
0: no, I don't, I don't remember it. <laughs> I was young, yeah. But this,
1: there's one you there. You can
2: experience it now because there's... Yeah. There's a few of them
1: here in my stacks. Yeah. Can I yeah. look at that Sega Saturn before we go?
2: Yeah, of course you can.
1: I mean, not plug it in. I just want to... Yeah. That's... That, when you said that, it. I was just like, I want to have that experience with that Sega Saturn. <laughs> Can I just, <laughs> let's just take it into another room, just me and the Saturn. For... <laughs> it might come back a little cupboard, sticky, but. Like the two minutes, 60 seconds of heaven or something. What was it? <laughs> Seven minutes in heaven or something.
2: Um But yeah, you can, you're not going to be able to plug it into anything because there's nothing to plug it into.
1: I only need to plug it into one thing. Ah, good. And that's me.
2: Right. <laughs> Maybe I won't <laughs> let you open that satin. <laughs> that expansion I, slot I is for it, cartridges I <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no i do I'll remember actually cuz i know I that, that we got we got the commodore 64 that was um it 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 had a book with it it was like uh as as a book about australia
2: a book about australia yeah bro. i don't know
0: why but it was
2: bundled with
0: <laughs> yeah
2: did Another. that come with a pack of Australian games? No. I,
0: okay. I, it, it has two cartridges, I think. It was like International Soccer and Le Mans, maybe.
2: Or maybe... Um, and and this book,
0: Discovering Australia or something like that. Yeah, it was for some reason bundled with your Commodore 64.
2: What? Wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: How's that got anything to do with the other? I don't know. That is really random.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Was uh, I was just thinking, was the other cartridge game like, wizard warriors or something a wizard of war maybe that's what it was not wizard of war no wizard wars that's the one no 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 no. okay all right (laughs) um yeah so uh yeah the commodore 64 mini looks quite impressive actually it's um has a nice good weight to it and it has all the ports in spots that you would expect an actual commodore 64 to have the ports and even to the point where you flip it over, and it has a silver label on the bottom, yeah. where you know on the real Commodore 64 you'd expect a serial number or whatever, but this is kind of like a just printed stuff on it. But it just it looks really cool, and the joystick that comes with it, it, it that also looks really cool. Um, it's it's kind of different in that it has a lot of buttons on it, mm-hmm. but I I believe that's because it's sort of mimics the function of the function keys and space bar and things like that as well. Also to menu around. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it looks really, really cool. Similar to a lot of the mini systems now, like the NES Mini and the SNES Mini in that it comes with a controller, it comes with a HDMI cable to plug into a TV, mm-hmm. comes with a USB cable to plug into the TV for power, and that's it. No power supply. No power supply. Yeah. You don't need one. Wow. Do you need one? <clears throat>
0: Ah, uh, wait. You mean do, do modern people yeah. need one? I mean, no. you
2: plug it into your TV.
0: Oh yeah, if your TV's got a USB port,
2: wouldn't all TVs have a USB port now? Uh, I mean, most. I know
0: mine does, but hmm.
1: yeah, I think I think you. Yeah, <laughs> I would expect all t- modern new TVs to have it. Even hmm. a cheapy, like the most basic feature these days is to be able to plug a USB stick in. And play video or photos, at least. Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and this um, this crappy, small LCD TV in this cabin in the bush, it had a USB port. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to yeah. say, didn't it? had no way to play it. <laughs> That'd suck. Huh. But no, it did. Um, video games in the bush is good.
0: Yeah. Bush I games. I would say so. Bush games.
2: Mm. <laughs> um, plugged it all in. Turned it on and... Um, even the, the UI is very impressive. It has a nice, cool sid-tune playing. Yeah. I, I must admit the sid-tune that it plays gets a bit repetitive pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the yeah, the menuing's really cool. Obviously, it's got a shitload of games. We went through all the games before, the 64 games. Not necessarily a lot of games that are popular and that, that I like. That's kind of a good thing, because you get to experience games you're mm. not so familiar with. Yeah. Also, one of the really big features of this is that you can load your own D64 images into it via a USB stick. That's so, good. Mm. Um, that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, it looks really awesome. You've got save states. You've got, f- I think it's four save states for every single game. So, at any point while you're playing, you can press a button, save your game. Cheat cheap yeah. basically yep mm. you kind of need to because <laughs> a lot of Commodore 64 games are really hard um, so yeah <laughs> it, it looks the business mm. it looks really nice but then I played a game <laughs> and the first game I chose was Monty on the Run mm-hmm. Monty on the Run is a pretty popular and well-known Commodore 64 game mm-hmm. it's a platformer Very basic graphics because it's a pretty old Commodore 64 game Mm -hmm. in the scheme of Commodore 64 games. But it has a really killer Rob Hubbard soundtrack, music. Um, So, yeah, uh, got into that first and immediately, absolutely immediately, noticed there's a lag on the inputs. Okay. So you move and then just very slightly afterwards, Mm. the The character moves,
1: and that's something that doesn't exist on the real console. no
2: mm-hmm. no <clears throat> and you press jump, and that then sucks. very slightly later, the character mm. actually jumps, yeah and Monty on the run being a particularly <clears throat> difficult game, very difficult platformer, mm. you need to be able to be pretty precise in your moves mm. yeah. um, so one particular part is jumping over a little pool of water. Mm-hmm. You just die there over and over and over again 'cause you you press the jump button where you think you need to press the jump button and instead of jumping, you know, Monty you just fall into the water yeah. and you die. Mm. And so that was really, really disappointing. Yeah. And I thought, oh well maybe it's just this one game. Mm. Um, so I went and played Io. Io is a um a really awesome shoot 'em up. Um really really hard shoot 'em up actually, but it's a really cool shoot 'em up and I guess the controls in i o normally there's fireworks going on in the background here if you hear some banging <laughs> it's not someone firing a gun or anything hopefully <laughs> um, yeah i guess i o the the controls are a little bit floaty normally on a real commodore sixty four when you combine that with the input delay on the Commodore sixty four Mini, it's basically unplayable. Yeah. yeah. It's unplayable. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. And and coupling that with the difficulty of the game as well. Yeah. So I was reasonably disappointed, yeah. especially being so impressed by the the product mm. and the the presentation. Yeah. And then going into the game and realizing actually it's kind of unplayable. Mm-hmm
1: yeah that um really that really sucks and I think for me, I think one of the biggest reasons why that's uh really crappy is because i mean these someone actually made a a good comment I think it was on Twitter someone said something like or it may have been on on facebook um, someone said something like uh these consoles seem to be made really more for young people who want to experience these old systems now Mm. um which makes a lot of sense because they're obviously not going to have like crt monitors or anything Mm. like that yeah um or even understand why it's looks better on like an older you know tube based screen Mm. they want to be able to just plug it into the hdmi just like they do with the ps4 or whatever and just play the game and check it out and see what it was like yep um and those people are going to... Anyone who does that, which I, I would imagine in most cases would be something where maybe it's like a mom or dad who's like, oh, yeah, I used to play these games when I was a kid. They're really great. Like, mm. you should give it a try. Let's play together. Mm. They plug it in and it sucks, you yeah. know, like yeah. it's, um, you know, and even the parent might be like, oh, this is not as good as I remember and yeah, exactly. not being like, you know, a collector like you who is so familiar with the games might not even realise that it's not the same as what it was. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, they're just going to think it's crap. Yeah, and then they're like, oh,
1: maybe they weren't as good as... Yeah. Or maybe we just put up with things when I was young that I didn't, you know, people wouldn't put up with now or...
2: Yeah, and that's that's sort of my main concern in that this is a this is a device that's out there in the real world. It's not like a, mm. you know, a, a thing you buy from the internet From certain places. This is in JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. You're getting thousands of people Mm. through those stores every day in Australia. Yeah. And, you know, the casual person will see this and go, Oh, I remember a Commodore 64. I had this in 1984.
3: Mm.
2: I used to love this thing. Yeah. And they buy it and they bring it home and they plug it in and they play these games and they think, Oh, this isn't what I remembered. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, And again, like you said, they wouldn't have that knowledge where... Oh, there's some input lag. Mm. They wouldn't think that way. They just mm. think, "Well, this control's like garbage, mm. and I'm just dying over and over again. Yeah. I'm not having a good time."
1: Yeah, yeah. Or like I remember being good at this, and now, wow, this is hard. Mm. You know, mm. um, but not realizing that it's hard because the controls suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, and so with my um, very limited uh, mobile phone connectivity. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I sort of did a little bit of research and looked around just to see whether it was, I was missing something or maybe this shitty TV in this cabin is not quite up to it, to, you know, whatever. It's, it's making the input lag. Mm. And people were saying, yes, there's input lag, but if you set the TV to game mode, then that resolves the problem. People were actually saying oh. it resolves the problem. Okay. So I looked around on the TV... There was no such setting, mm. but I had this slight suspicion that the game mode wasn't going to fix the problem. Mm. But but anyway, I sort of left it at that.
1: Just a do you do we know what game mode does? Do you know what game mode does, Matt?
0: Uh, not exactly. Oh,
2: hmm. I mean,
0: it, I I hope it does what I think it does, but <laughs> it may not. Well, what do it, you think it does? You remove all the crap pro- post processing from the screen ah, so that you get right. the latency down.
2: Right. Okay. Okay. That makes
0: sense. Because TVs these days are full of post-processing, like mm-hmm. stuff that mm. you don't care about. Yeah. yeah. Dynamic, whatever the crap, whatever they're doing to fix the image, yeah. but mm. almost always makes it worse.
3: Mm.
2: Not more fireworks. Oh. My dogs are going to be scared stiff.
3: Scared stiff. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so yeah, I kind of gave up on it at that point, realising that there was not much else I could do. I mean, the games aren't fun to play, so I'm not going to play the games. The TV doesn't have mm. a game mode, so I can't try and test it further. Mm. Um, but I did happen to bring my RetroPie along as well to the holiday. Um, so I did try the HDMI cable that came with my RetroPie on the C64 Mini just to see if it was something to do with HDMI. Mm. But it was still the same thing. Um, but then I did plug in the RetroPie and had a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. I've actually discovered the value of just having something that can almost fit in your pocket. Mm. Take it anywhere, plug it in, and you've got thousands of games to play. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I, you know, in this cabin in the bush, I mean, we played River Raid, mm-hmm. topical.
0: Hey. <laughs> the, you played the original one, not my version. Yeah, that's
2: right. I'm so, sorry. Oh. I don't have well, your ROM yet.
1: They oh. wanted to play two-player, Matt. Oh.
2: No, we didn't. <laughs> okay. We didn't.
3: Yeah,
1: there's no, oh, no I appreciate
2: player. what you're trying to do there, John, but <laughs> to be honest, no. And in fact, I would have liked to have played your version if we had it, but I hadn't put it on my RetroPie yet. But we did play River Raid on the Atari 2600, yeah. not the Commodore 64. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> we played played quite a few games of that, and... Fiona, my wife, kicked my ass. She's really good at Riverade. I suck at Riverade. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so after that, we played Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine oh, yeah. on the Mega Drive. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty good at that game. It's pretty much the only puzzle game that I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And the only puzzle game I've kind of ever liked. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dr. Robotnik's oh, Mean Bean Machine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know of it it's renamed, it's a renamed version of poyu poyu which ah. is a japanese it's like tetris it's, it's except you matching got, yeah your beans huh.
0: that's
1: i don't are you aware there's a <coughs> switch game called i think it's i'm guessing it's this poyu poyu versus tetris yeah you are aware of that
2: yeah okay and that is poyu poyu is the game okay yeah and it's all about matching colors but You don't want to just try and match colors. You want to match maybe three in a row Mm -hmm. and then put on top a different color and then put on top of that color the original three that you put before and then take away the color you put in between. So you're building a combo. And that's basically the game. You just do that all over the place. And even if your opponent throws a bunch of trash over to your side, it kind of doesn't matter because then you just need to clear a little bit and then all of a sudden, all your combos start stacking in and stacking in. And yeah, it's a pretty cool game. And I just destroyed Fiona at that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I won 10 to 0 or something like that. It was kind of devastating. That sound, <laughs> sound like much fun. No. So after that, realizing that I sort of got Fiona a little bit depressed. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: played River Raid again.
2: No, we chose um, Buster Move or Puzzle Bobble, uh, or whatever you want to call it. And Fiona is just stupidly good at that game. Yeah, I've seen her play that. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and, and I particularly suck at it. Mm-hmm. So I, I played that because I felt bad and she just absolutely destroyed me. <laughs> there was actually one point where she just turned to me and said, What's wrong? Don't, don't you know how to aim or something? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I do know how to aim. Like- I just I'm just not good at the game. <laughs> she didn't need to do anything. She's just, like, throwing bubbles here and there, and, you know, by the time, like, she's doing her stuff, and then I just kill myself. It's just <laughs> it's just hopeless. <laughs> I don't know what i do wrong in that game. I must be missing something.
1: I think it is a game where if you accidentally shoot something in the wrong spot, you can just totally screw yourself over. Mm. Because if it bounces and hits somewhere where you don't want it to be, you can then block yourself from making a match that you need to make to mm. clear a lot of things out. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so like I said, I realised the value of having something like that that just has every game mm-hmm. and you just plug it in a TV. And that's kind of, again, mm. why I'm disappointed with the C64 Mini because that should be that mm. for my favourite yeah. system of all time. Yeah. And it's not.
1: Yeah, that's the funny thing about about it. And I was looking at those retro Pies before i started really getting into um sort of collecting all the different consoles and now i'm enjoying actually having the consoles and playing on the real consoles so mm. i'm kind of like almost relegating myself to that because it feels it's fun to kind of limit myself to only play what i have mm. Mm. um but before that anyway i was looking at the the raspberry pi 'Cause I played one once um when we were doing Wild Ball at one of the mm. hosts of Wild Ball, had one. And yeah, it was amazing. Like you switch it on and it's got everything, like yeah. almost everything you can yep. think of. Yeah. And um, you know, we I think you played some Ghost and Goblins. Ghouls and, and Ghosts. Ghouls and Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Um what else did we play? I can't remember, but I know I was playing um Alex Kidd at one point and just jumping backwards and forwards between all these systems Mm. and it had the PlayStation style controller. So you could play almost anything on that. Mm. And it feels weird playing a master system game on a PlayStation controller, but it works and it looked Mm. good and it played good, Mm. you know, and it's so frustrating to have these replica consoles that can't even get that right. And that they're cashing in on these licenses. Yeah. When you've got a Raspberry Pi... Someone's already done it. Hmm. Like, they could essentially get the the shell design, put it around a Raspberry Pi, and it would work fine. Like, yeah. why is it so hard to get this right? It's really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing... The answer, the only answer is because they actually don't care and they're just trying to make money.
2: Well, I hope not. I hope that's not the answer. I hope they actually care. But that's kind of...
1: It doesn't seem like... Logically, that's the only conclusion I can come to.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe that will come out as the days and weeks go on. Mm. Um,
1: Unless there's something... Is it because they're using a replication of the actual hardware and not actually emulating it? No, it's emulated.
2: Okay. It's an emulator. Right. I I don't know the reason for it, um, but... Continuing my testing when we did get home from that holiday after you know enjoying the retro pie, um, I did plug it into our actual TV here at home and it has a game mode. Turn mm-hmm. that on, no difference, still has the input lag. Right, then I did some further research and um, this guy he's called the 8 bit guy yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> um, he's pretty cool actually. I've only just been introduced to his stuff, but he's got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. He did a full review into the C64 Mini. Mm -hmm. And if you want an actual review in the C64 Mini (laughs) rather than listening to me babble on whilst I'm drinking who knows how many beers... Talking about push games. (laughs) (laughs) Um, His video is fantastic. So watch that. He goes into great depth and... um, Someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And he actually tested the input lag. um, Um So he he actually wrote a program wow. on the Commodore sixty four to test when you press the space bar uh, when the screen flashes and a sound goes, mm. and he set up a real Commodore sixty four and then he set up the C sixty four mini and over on the Commodore sixty four he'd you know press the space bar and it's instant bang 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 mm. bang bang, then he goes over the C sixty four mini presses the space bar and this is when you can really see it demonstrated you see that he presses the space bar and you know a couple of milliseconds later perhaps the screen actually flashes mm. and then the sound goes mm. um and and he then brought that into i don't know what program it was but then tested what that delay was mm. and the delay is let's see here the input lag on the video is zero point one three seconds and the audio is zero point three six so there's actually two different mm-hmm. lag
1: yep. there yep so the audio is more does he say what it was on the standard console
2: uh zero really maybe it's not it zero, might be zero. zero yeah but
1: there's always going to be some latency right but
2: Probably. It can't be zero. It'd be to the point where it's not... Not measurable. Not measurable,
1: I would imagine. Hmm. Or difficult to measure, perhaps.
2: Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just well, thinking about how... Yeah, I mean, at
0: worst, you'd probably lose a frame. Yeah.
2: Hmm. But yeah, he, he really goes in-depth in that. And he doesn't say, this makes the C64 Mini just useless. Yeah. I'm saying to me it makes it useless Mm. because to me, I like my games to be very responsive. Yeah. And also, I'm not going to... You could get used to it. Mm. You could get used to an input lag and get used to pressing it earlier than when you should. Mm. But then to me, why would I? Mm. Because then that throws you off on every other game you might play. Yeah. So...
1: You want the most authentic experience. Like, that's the whole point, right? That's why you buy it. Yeah. You know... It's not just to, I mean, if you just wanted to go on like a, a nostalgia trip, you could just play on an emulator. Mm. You could just play the game mm. for nothing. Yeah, that's right. Um, so why would you go through all that crap? Yeah, yeah. It's to be able to sit on your couch and use a controller that feels like the controller that you would have used, mm. and you know. And again,
2: the convenience of just plugging it in into a TV. Yeah, and off you go. Mm. There are there are quite a few people. Saying they didn't particularly either one notice the input lag or, um, or two, I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, one didn't notice the input lag or two didn't care. Mm. Um, but what they did care about was that they found the joystick really frustrating. Oh, sort of, it is spongy, mm. I would say. Okay, um. But... That's interesting. Is not I, a clicky one? I thought it no, was... No, it's not a clicky one. Mm. No. But I would say I don't remember any Commodore 64 joystick being good. They always felt spongy to me. Like, going through games like Turrican 2, which is very platform-heavy, very mm. precise, mm. I think I must have destroyed more joysticks in that game <laughs> by just throwing them against the wall... Oh. Anything,
1: <laughs> I can't imagine you throwing a joystick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you a thrower? I have been in the past. I'm not so much now. I can imagine you
1: being angry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not so much now, but back in the day. Back in the day. But yeah, um, I actually think those people who are having issues with the joystick are more having issues with the input lag and not realising it's the input lag. Because coupling a joystick that's a bit spongy Mm. with an input lag, you're going to have trouble.
1: It would be hard to tell which is which, in all honesty. Because when does the joystick react and what part of that is the joystick and what part of it is the lag? Yeah. It would be hard to tell when you have a spongy. See, you would only be able to tell is if you had that click, like click and then Mm. character moves, you know. But with a spongy joystick, like who knows what's going on. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's no micro switches in it, so you get you get no clicks. What's shining in the darkness? <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Whoops. <laughs> Not quite a segue. Um shining in the darkness, I don't think I've actually played that game.
1: Wow. Yeah. Do you know what it is?
2: I think it's you an RPG. Just... Okay. From cool. memory. I might have actually played it back in the day, but I can't remember
1: all right well that'll' yeah. we'll, I'll find out
2: okay yeah.
0: it'll be in the show notes no. <laughs> no okay
1: no, I can't be bothered doing that <laughs> no well I might i don't know I'll look it up
0: <laughs> it just yeah,
1: it looked interesting mm the side of the box looks interesting, the name it's towards the bottom of the stack, so we're not yeah we're not at gonna it. pull that out yeah
2: <laughs> um so yeah the c sixty four mini uh, a bit disappointing, mm-hmm. but it has promise. I mean, they've released a firmware update already, okay, which fixes a couple of things.
1: But not input lag? No.
2: They've got another one planned, and they've got what they have fixed in this next firmware update listed. I mm-hmm. can't remember what they were, because I was just looking for a fix to the input lag. That's not there. Mm. So that sort of gives me the feeling maybe either one, they don't care about the input lag, or B don't know how to fix it or maybe it can't be fixed mm. i don't know
1: yeah i'd say that that's probably likely
2: mm. but mm. yeah it's it's a shame
1: that is a shame yeah that's frustrating
2: but uh maybe we should move on from the c64 mini probably been rattling on about that for an hour <laughs> it feels like an hour <laughs> no, no um
1: half an hour maybe
2: Besides that I've got a couple of pickups, retro pickups. I've got uh nice. I picked up Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three, PCB. Ah. Yes. And Final Fight, PCB. Mm. Huh. And both of those from Aaron, down in Tasmania. Yep. He does the press play on tape podcast.
1: So how did you I'm curious to know how you found out what he had and what was available.
2: Yeah, so him and a bunch of friends, as far as I understand Um, went on a warehouse raid in Tasmania and warehouse raid in retro game terms means it's a probably an old abandoned building or it's a deceased estate or it's an old operator that decides it wants to sell all their games. Mm. Um, So they went on this warehouse raid, Mm. air quotes, and got literally, I think, hundreds of PCBs.
1: Is this somewhere
2: in Tasmania? Yeah.
1: See, this this stuff doesn't happen in Sydney. I know. I know. Is it just me? Nothing I mean, happens in Sydney. I wouldn't know, I guess, if it did. It probably... Maybe it does, and I just don't know, but...
2: Ah, mm. oh. But, yeah, so they just had a bunch of games. Mm. and And um, we got in contact, and... Um, I had a look at what was available, you know, some people were saying, oh, I want this one, this one, this one, and mm. I just picked a couple that looked interesting to me. Final Fight is a game that I've always wanted to have in my collection. Yeah. Because it is one of my favorite beat-em-ups of all time. Yeah. Mm. Um Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, we've already talked about the fact I'm, I'm not particularly fond of Mortal Kombat 3. Yeah. Um, I don't like the addition of the run button. Mm-hmm. Not a particular fan of the combos. Mm. But the reason why I kind of like Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 is just because it had Reptile. So normal huh? Mortal Kombat 3 didn't have Reptile. Oh. So Ultimate has about four extra characters, I think. Okay. There's Reptile, Jade, and a couple of others. Doesn't take many to make it Ultimate. <laughs> oh, there's some <laughs> tweaks in the gameplay as well. Okay. Um, I'm actually just bringing up the wiki page do, do, do. need some elevator music
1: the run button is a weird thing I, I'm i sure there's a reason for it <laughs> the only mm. reason I can think of is to dodge Shiva's like jump through the top of the screen
2: alright oh, that was
1: like my ultimate um, cheese move mm. you know if I was playing against people who don't really know what they're doing and I'm getting bored with whatever I'm doing. I just pick Shiva and then just keep... It's (laughs) so easy. Jumping on people. Down up. Down up. And you can't block it. Mm. You have to run or just move out of the way. Mm. And, yeah, most people, a lot of people don't know to do
2: that. Isn't run good for setting up the combos, though?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I imagine it is, but
2: Mm. it's yeah. I guess you don't have to. But yeah, the characters that were brought back in Ultimate was Jade, Katana, Reptile, and Scorpion. Scorpion's mm. a big one. He wasn't in... What? Really? No, he wasn't in MK3. What? What? Mm. Shocking, I know. Hence why they brought him back. Yeah.
1: I, I played it, like, not that long ago. Surely he was in it. How could I not notice that Scorpion wasn't there?
2: I don't know. Can look over it. Uh, Oh no, (laughs) it's at the bottom of the stack. I can't pull that (laughs) out. That's too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other interesting thing I learned about MK3 whilst looking through this wiki page was that the reason why a lot of the characters changed their look from MK1, 2 to 3 was that um, a lot of the original cast tried to sue Midway because oh. they weren't getting enough royalties or something. Oh. So, basically, Midway said, "I'll oh, see you later, and just got a whole new cast. Yeah. And they weren't allowed to l- use certain looks to make it look mm. like they were the same original characters. What, so oh.
1: What's his face? Oh, what's that guy's name? Daniel Piscina? Yeah. was he, he must have been a... He wasn't
2: in the third one.
1: Yeah, so he must have been one of those people. Mm-hmm. It's so weird looking up that guy now because he's like got his own gym and he's totally just seems to be just riding the coattails of Mortal Kombat. It's like the only thing he's really ever done. He's like in one other movie or something. Is he the Johnny Cage? He plays Johnny Cage and Scorpion and And Sub-Zero. Yeah.
0: Okay. But those guys you wouldn't worry about because you can't see their face, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. He's not that. Well, he basically looks like Johnny Cage, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So, Johnny Cage is not in Mortal Kombat 3, either? Apparently.
2: This is what they're saying about uh, Ultimate MK3, is that there's four additional characters, Jade, Katana, Reptile, Scorpion.
1: Wow. Hmm. Oh, And that makes a lot of sense, too, because Sub-Zero changed so much for Mortal Kombat 3. (laughs) I was telling Brianna about it, because she was confused, too. Um... (laughs) Telling her how it's like Sub Zero's younger brother or something, and the Sub Zero in Mortal Kombat 3, the way the story goes, it's, uh, yeah, it's a different right. person. Yep. It's like his brother. Oh? Yeah.
2: <laughs> we have to look this up. <laughs> Just make sure that Johnny Cage was or what. Uh, Scorpion was or was not in MK3.
1: It seems such, such a weird omission. I like playing Scorpion too. But, uh...
2: Maybe so Here we go. We got... It's Cyrax, Cabal, Nightwolf, sector Sindel, Shiva, Striker, Jax, Kano, Kung Lao, Liu Kang, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Shang Tsung, Smoke. No Scorpion. Crazy times. <laughs> how did I, not, I know.
0: How did I not notice that? That's so weird. I
2: I don't know why I didn't notice that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but anyway, that's the way I like Ultimate cuz they brought back Reptile, which mm-hmm. was my favorite character in MK2 once all that's the it.
1: legal disputes were settled. No. Or did they just make him look different?
2: Yeah, they made him look he different. He does look different. Yeah. yeah, he does. So I think that's all that I've been doing. Mm. Cool. It'd be John time. Bush games. <laughs> Footbag. <laughs> pop pop pop. pop. <laughs>
1: Uh what was I going to talk about? So I pretty much uh only played Breath of the Wild. Oh nice. Zelda.
2: I want to hear about this.
1: Well, I feel like I'm not really ready to do my like my review. <laughs> but I can say a few things and I I guess I don't want it to be like every week I'm just talking about Zelda, so maybe that's why I guess I'm probably holding on to it. There's nothing but, wrong with that, though. Don't you think that gets
2: boring? Mm. Your opinions will change. Well, potentially would change as you play mm. through. Mm. And as you experience different things.
1: Mm. Well, I'll try and keep it, like, relatively brief anyway. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But as I was saying before about the Nintendo controller, that controller is still, like, baffling me and... Because of that, I'm finding the combat quite challenging Hmm. and weird, but in, like, an annoying way because I know what I need to do, but I can't get the character on the screen to do what I want it to do. Hmm. And I remember, you know, when I would play um, the other Zelda games like uh, um, Ocarina of Time, you could do a thing where... When the enemy would attack, you would jump backwards and then do, like, a counterattack. Yep. And that's in this game, too, and there's more of that kind of thing in this game. But, yeah, I'm finding it difficult to actually get that to happen, hmm. and I think part of it is because of the control scheme and the way it's set up. Um, yeah. For some reason, a lot of the time when I go to jump, I just hit the wrong button, basically.
2: Because of Sony.
1: i don't know what it is why should it matter really like once you get to know the controls it doesn't matter which button is which but maybe it's because the screen's telling me like press y and i keep pressing x because i think that x is in the y position Hmm. it could even be a combination of the xbox controller
0: because they use a b x y but it's the other way around
1: right so yeah that's been annoying me and then another thing that i've been doing is the getting the shoulder buttons confused too because it's got l and r and then it's got z so Mm. like the n64 you have the z button which was the trigger but on the switch you have left z and right z and so your trigger buttons are left z and right z and then the shoulder buttons are just left and right Mm. Um, and for some reason i keep getting those confused as well I don't know. It might just be. Maybe it's just an old man thing. Like it could be. I. So you've got powers as well in the game, and one of them is like a bomb. So you can make you can essentially make a bomb like magic, and I was using that to fight enemies, and I was just getting really confused with that whole process. Because hmm. um, I think you you press L to make the bomb. You press R to throw the bomb, and then you have to press L to explode the bomb, and. Um, It took me ages to get that right for some reason. Hmm. But I got there eventually. Hmm. And then another thing I keep doing is getting A and B mixed up. So, um, A, you can press with the bomb, once you've made it, you can press A to drop it where you're standing. Um, And I think if I press B, it just makes it disappear. And I Hmm. keep pressing B. So, I bring (laughs) up the bomb and then I press B and then it disappears and I have to wait for it to recharge
2: Old man issues.
1: And I was playing this battle last night, and I was seriously getting the shits mm. <laughs> with it. And I'm sure that Brianna could hear me swearing from the bedroom.
2: You didn't throw the controller?
1: No, I don't throw a controller. Ah, oh, right.
2: You're too uh, mature for that. Yeah, I'm not mm. 10 anymore. Right.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's a positive old man trait. Less controller throwing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you've matured I've only had myself to blame for this <laughs> um, yeah so but I think part of the reason it was difficult was because I was probably in an area that was too high for my development along in the game hmm. you pick up weapons that do more damage as you go and that sort of thing and the weapons have a certain life so they actually will be destroyed after you've used them for a certain amount yeah And I had weapons that did like three, four damage, which is, I guess, not that much. And I would kill one guy and pick up his weapon and his weapon does like seven or eight damage. And once, as soon as I got that, it was heaps easier. I was killing them a lot faster. Hmm. Yeah, so that was um, frustrating, but yeah, I died like probably four times trying to win that battle, Hmm. but I got there in the end. Um, but, I mean, the good thing is it's challenging, so there were some challenging aspects to it. You know, it can get boring if it's just a pushover.
2: Yeah, I think that was one of the things that people sort of were positive about the game, that it brought back a, a level of difficulty, mm. whereas previous Zelda games, and maybe even a lot of previous Nintendo games felt like they kind of guide you through way too much. Yeah. And a little bit too easy.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, it's definitely not, wasn't as hand-holdy, and maybe that's, you know, that's probably what I was experiencing, like, some level of, oh, I actually have to try to win this Mm. battle. I can't Mm. just go in there and flail about and win. Yeah. But then there was, yeah, there was also the aspect of, I was trying to do all the dodge stuff, and it just wasn't happening as it should, and... A lot of that t- was because I was just hitting the wrong buttons. <laughs> mm. Eventually, I think I abandoned that. Well, the other thing that annoyed me was I I always run out of arrows. I keep running out of arrows. Um, and you can buy more at shops, but they're so far fairly expensive comparatively to the amount of money that I'm picking up while I'm playing. Mm. So, maybe that's something that's probably going to change as I progress in the game. But... Um, At the moment, arrows are a very um, important commodity for me. Mm. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, I would... And and I I went into this town and then there was this guy who was like, oh, because there's all challenges and stuff, little mini, like almost like mini games. And there was a guy that was like, oh, I need someone to hunt some deer. Like, will you go see if you can... See how many deer you can hunt in a minute. And I'm like, all right. And he sends you off into the forest and you've got a minute to hunt as many deer as you can. And I've never done this before. Like I've I've shot like um like maybe um foxes and like birds and stuff to collect food.
2: You bastard. <laughs>
1: it's part of the game. Ah, you have to right, eat food yeah. to restore health. And there's all cooking and stuff, it's pretty cool. But mm. um Yeah, so but I've never done deer and I think You... I don't know what the... There's some trick to it. I don't know what the trick is, but you might have to hit them in the head or hit them more than once or something like that. But I don't know what the trick is, and I just went and bought, like, 40 arrows. 40? might have been 20, and I think it was 40 rupees that it cost me, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I just went and spent, like, a chunk of my money on buying arrows because I needed it to get through the game, and then I went and did this challenge, and I was like, surely they give you arrows for the challenge and I played it and I totally failed, but I burned heaps of arrows and I Mm. got back in and, um, he's like, you caught, you caught no deer. (laughs) Do you want to try again? And I'm like, yeah, okay. I try again and I go back in. I've got no arrows. Nice. So, it was actually using my arrows that I just spent like a bunch of money on. Mm. And then, yeah. Oh, the other thing he was like, you caught no deer. That means no reward for you. And I was just like, oh, and so, yeah, it basically did the same thing. Obviously, I had no arrows, so I was, like, trying to chase deer with, like, a sword. But that wasn't <laughs> happening. So, yeah. Then Is
2: there no um, vegetarian mode in Breath of the Wild?
1: You can get apples and, and mushrooms and stuff. You could survive if you wanted to do okay. vegetarian version. Well, All right. although I think you do need meat to get certain things. So, there's some um, buffs you can get... Um by making certain recipes mm-hmm. So I'm sure that a lot of those would probably require meat Like I think a mm. lot of them require a part of meat
2: But you don't have to You don't need them
1: um, No mm. It probably just okay. Well it's a buff so it would just make the game easier
2: mm. I I'm don't just know. thinking in the context of the modern world <laughs> Also being married to a vegetarian <laughs> Killing animals and then eating them I can just imagine some people wouldn't like that.
0: Yeah,
1: well,
2: yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> you probably could. I'm sure you could finish the game without it in vegetarian mode. Hmm. There's lots of mushrooms and apples, and I kind of made it a thing where I'm trying to gather as lot as uh, as much as I can as I play the game because you can also sell all the things that you have. So um, I try and gather like mushrooms and stuff, and there's apple trees. And it actually reminds me a lot of the apple trees in um, in the Wizard of Oz, but they're not alive; they're just normal trees. Hmm. But it's like the green with the very red apple. Oh, yeah, right. And um, on the low hanging branch, mm-hmm. and but they're classic. But they're often they're mostly too high just to grab if you're standing underneath them, so you have to jump get them. So um, I'll run up to it and press the jump and quickly grab like two apples and so whenever i see a tree like that i'll always grab apples to Hmm. just so that i have the resources and also because you can potentially sell them they're probably not worth much but Hmm. yeah they give you like one half heart or something like that half a heart yeah um yeah but yeah i've been enjoying the game so far
2: you don't sound too enthused.
1: I'm I'm I wouldn't say that I'm super enthused. Hmm. I'm not like itching to get back into it. I I think that's the story is not compelling me to wanna see what happens. Hmm. Um Yeah, like when I play it it feels like a good game and I'm enjoying a lot of aspects of it, like I really enjoyed um getting a horse so you actually have to sort of train not train but you have to you kind of sneak up on the horse and then you jump on it and it's wild and you have to give it like soothing feedback when it does the right thing Hmm. and you develop a bond with your horse you have like a bond rating Hmm. um yeah and there's different types of horses and stuff and so that's i really like that there's lots of things I really like about it. But, yeah, I'm not... I don't feel super compelled to keep... I mean, I will keep playing it. But mm. it's not like I'm going
2: home going, Oh, I want to play Zelda. Mm. Um That's interesting. That's probably the opposite of what I thought. Or at least what I have heard from out there in the world um, and people who have played that game saying that it's just absolutely amazing and the best thing ever and possibly one of the best games ever made. Hmm. And so compelling, and every week, like on podcasts I'd listen to, there'd be people just clamoring over themselves to talk about the latest thing that happened in Zelda. Yeah. Whereas you're just not feeling that.
1: (laughs) It's funny, like, I was kind of debating on whether to, how much to get into this, but I feel like it may even be that I could be experiencing some level of anhedonia where... And what I mean by that is that you uh, aren't as excited by things that you're normally excited by. And that's just a mm. personal thing. Mm.
2: Um, just I think, in a sort of frame of mind sort of thing? Yeah, I think yeah.
1: it could be partly that. I, I've been finding it really hard to concentrate on the game. Mm. Um it could even be to do with the fact that we've just had daylight savings and my body's, like, adjusting. Hmm. i often play it, like, I'll get home and play it for a bit. Well, usually sort of after dinner or something when I have a bit of time. And I end up just going, I can't, I don't have the, I can't concentrate enough yeah. to think about what do I need to do next. And, yep. you know, and there's a lot of reading too. Um, and then, yeah, I'll just, have to put it down and and like i could sit and watch a movie or something because you don't really have to concentrate on that but mm. yeah i just um yeah getting like i was finding myself getting reaching a point where i had to stop playing because i couldn't concentrate enough to to um play more and maybe that's to do with it you know i'm not that far into it yet and I mm. think that's part of why I would reserve, like, my total judgment yeah, about of it. Yeah, um, Until I'm further into it. So, yeah, I think really it's there's a few things going on there. Mm. It def- definitely feels like a good game. And, like, when I saw the whole map, it's, like, huge, you know. Mm. Uh, you start out in this small zone. Well, relatively small. I mean, it's fairly big. I think they've really gone for, me- like, making the world really very big. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I'm i really enjoying exploring. And it's kind of funny how when I got the horse, it actually cuts that down a little bit because you're moving faster and you don't see all the little things that you hmm. normally see. So, when I was walking around without the horse, I would find lots of um, just just trees and different like things on the ground and Hmm. because you can pick up you can interact with almost everything like you can collect bugs and um you know pick up rocks and cut the grass and Hmm. um it's a very interactive world and you can climb on anything so that's one thing that's really cool about it is that the the world itself if there's a mountain you can climb the mountain. As long as you're you're only limited by the energy that you have, and as you progress through the game, you can get more and more energy, just like you would get more hearts like in previous Zelda games hmm. um so you also can get more hearts, but you have an energy thing that works in a very similar way, yeah, and your climbing is basically limited by energy, and so is swimming um so yeah, you have to be careful like if you sprint into a lake. <laughs> And usually yeah, energy sprinting and then get to the lake and have no energy, you drown. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: pretty funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so, when you... If you're there's like a lake and like an island in the middle, you have to make sure you have enough energy to get across to the island hmm. so that you can stand up on land and regain your energy. Right. Yeah. So, I think that stuff's really cool how...
2: It sounds cool.
1: Yeah. They're not actually limiting you... Um, I don't know how to say it, like geologically. It's not like... In previous games, where there'd just be like a mountain to stop you from going past, mm. um, you can climb almost any wall. There's definitely some that aren't climbable, but mm. uh, I think that's more in like a dungeon setting. When you're in the normal world, any rock or mountain or wall basically is climbable, and you're only mm. really limited by the energy that you have. So yeah, yeah, it's it's. I really like that. It's a very clever design. Mm. I think. And well designed, so um, yeah, I'm um, I'm enjoying it, and I want to play it some more, and mm. I'll keep playing it. Yeah.
2: Um. So there'll be more updates to come.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like I'm I'm really only scratching the surface. Like I feel like I'm not really that far into the game.
2: Hmm. How many yeah. hours do you think you put into it? Uh. Um. Probably
1: like maybe four. Okay. Um, I've done a lot of, like, exploring and stuff. Hmm. I'm not um, blasting through the main quest or anything. Yeah. I'm really enjoying
2: the Well, I, I think that's where the game excels, where you're just exploring. Mm. Yeah. Just doing stuff in the world.
1: Yeah. I actually had this really cool experience where I found this cave. I just... I was going along a road, and I saw there was a cave off to the side, and I'm like, oh, I'll have a look. I go into the cave and I fought, like, some bats and stuff and gathered some um, minerals, like, on the wall there's, like, mineral deposits and you can hit it with almost any weapon. And some weapons are better at destroying the mineral deposit than others. So when you destroy it, you'll get, like, some gemstones or something. Hmm. Um, And then there was this, like, figure in the distance that was kind of jumping around and had, like, a torch or something. And I got closer. It's and not then,
2: tinkle, is it? No.
1: It sort of reacted... <laughs> it was bigger than that. It sort of reacted towards me. And then I realized it was, like, wanting to fight me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. And then I had to fight it. And it was like a fire witch or something. Hmm. Um, yeah. And so, then I fought... Forward it and it wasn't too difficult killed it and it dropped this weapon a fire wand and it was when i picked it up it said oh it's very fragile so if you hit anything physically with the wand it'll be destroyed Hmm. um and i'm like okay that's pretty cool and i pull it out and I pressed, like, the attack button, which is where you normally swing your sword. Hmm. And he swings it, and this fireball flies out, like in um, like Mario the Fireball thing. Like, Oh, yeah. And it bounces along the grass, and all the grass that it went through, it, like, set it on fire and then just started... Caused this massive fire, because it all just spreads on the grass. Hmm. <laughs> and, yeah... That thing, I think, is a weapon that's probably meant for later in the game. Mm. But, of course, I used it straight away anyway. And I found this camp of, like, these monsters. And they had explosive barrels. Sometimes they have explosive barrels in the middle. And I pull out the fire wand and I just go, one shot, hits the barrels, and kills, like, (laughs) ten goblin (laughs) things. And I was like, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's (laughs) cool. It was pretty cool. But then later I used it. Um, and I was kind of crouched and using it from a distance, but I was in grass. Hmm. And so I'm like, shit, I'm on fire. (laughs) I set myself on fire. That was dumb. (laughs) So, yeah, you have to be careful with that thing. Hmm. I mean, it's like they, they always say with great power
2: comes great, great (laughs) responsibility.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. Hmm. I really didn't intend to talk about that that much, but um, because I th- I think we'll be talking about it, yeah, for episodes to come, yeah, because it's gonna take me ages to work through this game, hmm. and I'd, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. I'm enjoying it. Hmm. It's just a matter of, you know, because I guess because of my study and stuff, I feel guilty spending time playing a game, hmm. um and that's probably impacts on on the experience as well Hmm. maybe that's why i part of why i enjoy shorter games because i don't feel so bad because i know that it's not eating up too much time yeah so yeah but i've also got also got a sonic game before you play on switch i had to go for a whiz okay (laughs) quick break saying how i have yeah so many games to play i mean after that birthday and having the switch and i guess you know the games being more long form games so there's mm. zelda and then i've got the mario odyssey game too which looks really fun and i've been enjoying that um it's kind of like a collectathon, thon like there's just mm. so many things to collect uh and then i've got the sonic forces game which i haven't Really had much of a chance to play
2: Sonic Forces? What's that? It's
1: called Sonic Forces. Um, It's a Sonic game that's new ish. I don't know much about it, honestly. I just, yeah, I haven't really. I've I've had a little play of it, but not much. So it's a
2: physical release or a digital? Physical. Okay. Yep.
1: Um, And yeah. Um, So yeah, lots of games to play mm Um. Not many, enough time. Too many. Hmm. Um. So, but yeah, I did want to talk about something else that I was thinking about lately, and it links into what we were talking about before about your stacks of games, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that is basically collecting, really any type of collecting, because uh, I have to, I guess. Say, probably part of what is also distracting me from some games at the moment is the fact that I've started putting together somewhat of a laser disc collection, mm-hmm. which is, you know, totally redundant, but something draws me to it. But, um, I won't go into that too much. But, on in terms of collecting, um, it's something I've always struggled with because, uh, of the whole idea, I guess, of consumerism and, Mm. you know, having things and, you know, um, possessions and how that, I mean, I I think that you have to be careful about relying on spending money to make you happy, to make Mm. yourself happy. And that's something that I'm really aware of, you know, going out and buying things and, I really enjoy looking online, um, and seeing all these things that I'd love to have, mm. and shopping around for a good deal. Mm. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, As so Matt
2: pulls something off the stack.
0: Well, I just found Mortal Kombat Three.
2: Oh, well, that's an easy way to do it. Mm. The Mega Drive version stacked well under many other games, whereas the Super Nintendo version is right mm. there, right there on the top of the stack. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um there's a couple of things over the last couple of weeks that have happened <laughs> that I've been thinking about. And I I guess I've been getting more into the collecting and I've kind of I guess found like a piece with it in terms of I have decided that my collection would be a sort of curated collection, as in hmm anything that I have would be something that I would enjoy. Like, and in the case of games, you know, if I would only buy a game that I would play. Hmm. Um, and I all, all my games are games that when people come and look at my collection, they'll look at my collection and go, well, wow, all these games are really cool games. Hmm. And that's the idea. They're all games that I like and enjoy. Hmm. Well,
2: yeah, that's part of it, but also it's not necessarily they're all really cool games. Mm. They're a reflection of what you think are cool games, right? So collections can be very personal in that way. Yeah,
1: so it's yeah, and I guess that's what I mean by as in curated by me because Mm. yeah, it might be a trash game, but it's something that I enjoyed for whatever reason, you know, and I would enjoy now. Yeah, it might just be that it's really weird you know, mm. um, and I think with, that's probably part of the, you know, the attraction with the laser disc thing is just that it's so weird. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean now anyway, cause it's totally redundant, but it's odd, it's something weird, odd and different. And anyway, that's kind of, I don't want to go too much down that cause it's not games. So mm. I'm not going to talk about that, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, um, So, at the moment, I'm kind of finding myself actually gathering a lot of different consoles. Like, I guess the main goal is to gather consoles that I enjoy and then um, go for the games from there. But, Hmm. um, so, yeah, it's kind of funny because it's it's a bit of a challenge. It has been a challenge with my wife who is very much trying to declutter and... Hmm. um, We've been through a lot of things and it's actually part of it was, you know, I've gotten rid of, rid of a lot of stuff because we've been trying to declutter mm-hmm. um, and some of that I regret getting rid of, um, but I still have things that I probably don't really care that much about, like a lot of Xbox 360 games, mm-hmm. you know, like stuff like Resident Evil 5, um, I don't really care to hold on to. Right, um, because that's one game
2: I actually regret not playing. It looked okay from mm, what I saw of it.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's okay, but mm. yeah. But
2: do you need to hold on to it? That's the question.
1: And then the other thing that also complicates things for, in terms of how um, manufacturing and the distribution of these games has changed over time. Mm. You know, three hundred and sixty games and PS three games feel like they're a lot more... Even though they're more recent, they're a lot more available. Mm. Um, and I feel like thats it's not just because they're more recent, because manufacturing is different, I suppose. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so where am I going with this? It's, <laughs> I've said a lot of things, but I've got to
2: bring it all together. Um, I, I might be jumping the gun, but are you mm. suggesting, in summary, why do we collect...
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of it, but I probably also want to say a few things about, you know, what's led me to the position that I'm in at the moment, which Mm. is where it seems like the urge to collect is persistent enough to, you know, have made me continue doing it in the face of, you know, Brianna kind of trying to discourage it because, A, it's spending money and, B, it's cluttering up our Mm. home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. and luckily for us, and luckily for me, we moved from an apartment to a house where we have a nice garage that was set up as a kid's room with like a nice floor and stuff, um, which I have now turned into my games room. Hmm. And so one of the things I've tried to do is actually keep, keep it all very organized and tidy um, because I did, I remember reading one thing, someone saying something like, you know, a collection is organised. That's the difference between a pile of stuff and a collection, Mm. is that a collection is organised. Does
2: mine sit in between those? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a pile of stuff, but it's kind of organised?
1: I think that, well, you could say that your collection is curated by you, Mm. and it's organised in a way, you know, yeah, to a degree, and... Mm. I'm sure you could spend more time organising it, but how much time you want to spend on that is up to you. Mm. But I also find that that's part of the fun, too. Yeah. Um, but you could go to an extreme with it and, like, start creating spreadsheets of stuff with, like, data of, you know, I bought it at this time, and it mm. cost this much, mm. and you know i'm sure there's people that do that yeah but whether you want to do it i think is up to you and yeah i think that it's probably safe to say that you probably don't have time to do that and i i don't either and I've i did about- try to do that
2: yeah. I, I do have a spreadsheet that has all of the games that i have like you know um who made them what year all that kind of stuff yeah it does go to the extent of when I bought them and how much I paid for them, but I never filled in those values. Yeah. And in saying that, I also haven't kept that up to date for probably a couple of years now. Mm. Because, like you said, time mm. is a factor.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I just rem- remembered something funny that Brianna would do sometimes would be like, When we would, sometimes when we'd have these conversations, you know, she would pick something up and hand it to me and say, like, does this bring you joy? (laughs) You know, and I think it comes from this idea of like, you hold on to something and you try and feel what that feeling that thing gives to you. Mm. And it's, it's, it's a funny thing, but I think that's part of it. It's, there's also some truth to it too, in that it's about the joy that, those things bring to you. Mm. And so since we moved into this house and I have built up somewhat of a collection, um, you know, a lot of the stuff has come in thankfully through things that people have given to me. Um, I mean, part of it to, was to do, I guess, with starting this podcast too. It all started with the PlayStation 1 that I found in our garage that was, mm. you know, Brianna's brothers. That, you know, I, I guess <laughs> in a way, luckily for me, she wouldn't throw that out because that's his PlayStation mm. and she knows that he wouldn't want her to throw it out. Mm. Um, and so, luckily for me, that was the case and it meant that we could keep it. Mm. And then it just went from there and my dad found, like, another old PlayStation with some games and a Dreamcast mm. um, and then since found some Dreamcast games, which, as on a side note, they were in this CD wallet Which had plastic And the plastic in the CD wallet Seems to have reacted with the discs in some way Left some kind of um, Residue on the face of the disc Mm -hmm. Which is really a shame But maybe I would have come off Maybe Mm. with one of those disc cleaner things Mm. Anyway Um, But unfortunately I have a copy of Shenmue With no disc With no cover No case Which is really frustrating Mm. Because Yeah That's a cool game. But anyway, so, yeah, um, that and then that's led into going from. So, I remember when I was first getting into this sort of stuff, you said to me, oh, I'm only really interested in games with Kate that are in boxes. Yeah. And I was buying games that weren't in boxes because I just wanted to play them. And Mm. now I've got to that stage now where it's almost like I'm more interested in
2: the packaging than the game. That's where I am. Yeah. That's where I... For a very long time, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's something about well, and but I think we're different in that you don't necessarily want to play the game, and I do want to play the game with the mm. actual cartridge. Mm. And so obviously it has to have the cartridge, but um, but I want to have the packaging too because I feel like that's part of the experience.
2: I think it's a very important part of the experience.
1: Mm.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah. So now I've got my little collection in my garage room and i've got it all set up nice so that i can access all the consoles that i have like with you know the flick of my switch box that they're all plugged in through Mm. um and it really does bring me joy i think you know i really love being in that room and i Mm. love having them all set up Mm. it's almost like a museum Mm. where people can come and see them and um I can say, oh, yeah, okay, you want to play the PS2? Yeah, cool. Press the button, put it on the right channel, and it's good to go. Or, Mm. um, you know, Mega Drive is a different button, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and even now the LaserDisc player (laughs) Mm -hmm. is all set up there so that people can look at those stupidly large discs and go, (laughs) what the fuck is that? (laughs) Yeah. So, and, and I guess that makes me, it actually does make me happy and... You know, I think last week I said that to Brianna and she's like, I can really see that it does. Hmm. And which was really cool for me because I was like, yay, hmm. she can see it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, So, yeah, but, but then we're obviously different too and which leads us to the question that you jumped the gun
2: on. Hmm. Why do we collect? Yeah. Yeah. Um, To me, it's, yeah, it's some of the things that you said. I mean, ultimately, when I look at the things, like, you know, we're in this room, I can see all of my game collection here. To me, they're they're stories, they're Mm. they're memories, they're they're adventures that I've had. Um, Oftentimes, they're adventures that I had back in the day, that now that I own, like, maybe a different version of or the big box version of. Mm. You see all of the artwork. Mm. You see all of the material that was produced with the game. Mm. And I think that's that's a really important part to me, the packaging mm. and the box and the artwork and all mm. of that. Um, and yeah, just, just looking at these things, they make me happy. Mm. And not only that, but also... It's by being involved in this kind of thing, you meet so many amazing people. I Mm -hmm. mean, we've obviously started this podcast because of games. um, But it's also, you know, the places you go to. You go to PAX. Yep. You know, you meet Alex Boz from Oz Oz Retro Gamer. Mm. um, You meet all of these people in the classic gaming area. Mm. And you can immediately start up a conversation with these people because... You too are involved in this community Mm. Um, on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever your social media of choice is. Mm. You know, you have that connection with all these people, and you not only have these passing conversations, and sure, you have these passing conversations with a lot of people, but some people you connect with on a much deeper level, Mm. and you make these friends that are. That become friends for life Mm. you know and you find it especially or not especially but also in pinball you know you you go to leagues you go to competitions you meet like-minded people Mm. who enjoy what you enjoy enjoy that you know these aren't just experience you experiences you have and then move on Mm. they're experiences you have and then you remember and they become part of you Mm. other people also feel that way Mm. and you connect with them on that level and they do become friends for for life you Mm. know I mean me and Matt met through games Mm. and we've been friends for god knows how long Um, you and me John Mm. you know we've crossed countries just (laughs) because we're into games and we go play games and we meet more people and become friends with more people Yeah. And that's what right. I love about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you obviously, you know, you don't go to another country for the games because they're essentially the same. Yeah, right. That's right. So, yeah,
2: you go there to experience other people who also enjoy what you enjoy, mm. um, and understand why they enjoy it. Mm. And that's that's exciting. That's interesting. Yeah. And ultimately, that's why I created the site, mm. Game The System. Yep. Because it's about the people that play. Mm. It's not necessarily the games that I'm interested in. Mm. It's the people who play the games. Mm. And it's the people who make those games interesting. Yeah. You know, like a game is a product and it's delivered. And then, you know, a lot of people think that's it. You know, it's reviewed. Mm. It scores a 6 out of 10. Mm -hmm. It's an okay game. That's the end of the story. To Mm. me, that's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of the story where mm. now people play that game mm. and even if it's a mediocre game to most people, other people will connect to, with that game yeah. and have their own really special story about why it connected with them. Yeah. It might be the artwork, it might be the mm. design mm. and, you know, hearing those stories is is what's interesting to mm. me.
1: <laughs> it's a, that's funny because it's almost like a really abstract idea where game in the system is about celebrating the joy that comes from people playing games. Absolutely. And it is about the games, but it's only because that's the mechanism that brings what we enjoy Mm. um, and the way that we enjoy those things. And I guess in a lot of cases, that can come from things that are technically bad or technically badly made you know because it might be something really weird that you like about it Mm. you know um yeah just like i mean i I guess you know michael jackson's moonwalker can be a really good example of that for me because Mm -hmm. that game brings me a lot of joy and it's not necessarily a good game you know Mm. um but visually there's some really cool things about it and it just did some really cool things that just hasn't been done really in any games and Mm. will probably won't be done again just because of the situation and because of who he was and how he was and, Mm. you know, the time period and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that game will never be produced again. Mm. So it's unique. Yeah, and it's weird, and that's why I love
2: it. You know, mm. and that's that's the part that's interesting to me. Moonwalker the game doesn't interest me. Mm. I don't care about Moonwalker the game. Mm. What I care about is why it matters to you. Yeah, and you know, you talking about it and how it connects with you—that's mm. interesting to me. Yeah, and that's what I enjoy hearing. Mm. So, actually, that
1: I really. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that sort of thing, I really want to get the moonwalker laser disc, which is <laughs> which is expensive and um but it's just a weird movie on a mm. weird format, and mm-hmm. that's why I want it mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> do you have any kind of collection Matt
0: No, I mean I I don't collect stuff because I think I would overdo it, so I grew up in a household of hoarders okay Mm. and so there's always the the like i know i know i could be a hoarder if i let it go but Mm. so i gotta be conscious of this and not (laughs) just keep stuff
1: but i think that i mean this is essentially why i think we're having this conversation and well what's these are the sorts of things that run through my head because i don't want to be a hoarder either i think the the um uh compulsion, or I don't know what to call it, the urge to have these things is so strong that I can't really stop myself. But Mm. but I think what makes the difference is by organizing it and keeping it tidy. And yeah, you know, I, I think not being cluttered is such a, it sounds so small, like a small thing. And you think, why would that make a difference? But to have it well presented and well organized and show that you care about it i think is what makes all the difference and Mm. i see so many um cabinets that have a lot of like statues or whatever it is in the cabinet and it's just all thrown in there and someone may have done their best to organize it in a way that looks nice but there's too much in Mm. there and i think people would benefit by um dialing it back in terms of space and they probably do it because they only have limited space but mm. if they put half the amount of stuff like in that cabinet it would look so much better yeah because um, you can
2: actually see it yeah and i yeah. think
1: if you imagine the way that a museum would create a display i think that's mm. how you should be creating your or how you should be presenting your collection mm. and if if it isn't being done that way then you're probably not giving that collection the attention or what it should deserve you know and if you don't feel like it's worth putting the time and effort into doing that then maybe you shouldn't be buying that stuff (laughs) (laughs) like how with you know the um, those pop vinyl things yeah you might not put that much effort into making them look cool because they're cheap and you know in some cases nasty then maybe you shouldn't buy them in the first place. Mm. I don't know. Does that? Do you think that that's a logical point or?
2: Mm. I guess. I guess it depends what you're in it for. Mm. Some people just like to collect, and they enjoy collecting. They don't enjoy uh, displaying it. They don't enjoy people coming around and looking at them. Mm. they just like having the stuff mm. um and it can be a chaotic mess i mean i i think i've met a number of people who do sort of get into the hobby in that way in that they have maybe a warehouse full of stuff mm. that no one will ever see mm. and it is just thrown in there and whatever mm. but that's the joy that that person gets out of it and i don't think that's necessarily bad mm. it's it's really up to the individual how they enjoy the hobby. Mm. But what what's important, I think, as long as you're getting joy out of it, mm. if you're not, then what's the point? Mm. If you're just collecting for the sake of collecting. And that might go back to what Matt was talking about where you don't want to suddenly turn into a hoarder mm. and you're just hoarding stuff for the sake of hoarding stuff. Mm. There needs to be a reason. Mm. But if if you get joy out of hoarding, then that's cool. <laughs> Who cares, you know?
1: <laughs> I suppose, I guess where it becomes important is how it's Im- how it impacts people around you. I suppose. Yeah, that's right.
2: If you're not hurting anyone,
1: then what does it matter? Mm. And maybe that's when you have a family, it's different. Which brings me to another thing I was thinking about in relation to this, which is, <laughs> so what you see a lot of is people who are selling their collection because they have had a change in priorities, a.k.a. Mm. They've had a child. <laughs> mm. So they have kids and then suddenly their priorities are changed and they decide to get rid of a collection of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: You've seen that quite a bit.
1: Yeah, it happens a lot. And mm. I was thinking this is a, sort of a trigger for me to start thinking about this sort of stuff because I am I think about, you know, what happens when I have children? You know, am I suddenly going to change priorities and I, should I be reassessing this now? You know, mm. uh, Because that's just the way I think. And um, But then you look at people like Oz Retro Gamer, and I always looked at him as, okay, here's a guy who is a big collector and I think he's someone who's probably thought about this and, you know, he has, you know, a, a one child? One, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it obviously hasn't really changed things. For him in that way. Hmm. <laughs> but then I woke up the other day and he's like, I'm selling stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh God. Yeah. My one shining example. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's converting to pinball. Yeah. um, I can't, I don't know where I was going with that. I can't remember.
2: Mm. Yeah, there's some people who, when their life circumstances change, decide it's time to change, which is fair. Other people don't, I mean you see a lot of people who have children and they're you know they're still collecting they're still doing their thing mm. Um, mm. It's, I think it just depends on the individual, yeah, and maybe the individual circumstance as well mm. I mean maybe money is a factor, mm. maybe space is a factor mm. those are two very important things, especially yeah. if you're going to have a child mm. um. But if those two things aren't particularly a factor, then both can exist together. Mm. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. You know, it's those two things are deal breakers if they're limited. Mm. And um, that's probably a motivation for a lot of people in that situation. Mm. But I think that I feel like since I've thought about this, I don't think that. I will reach that. I mean, the big question for me is that, yeah, when I have kids, am I gonna change my mind about this? Hmm. And um, I think that I feel like I can be confident in saying no, you hmm. know. Um, and I'm sure there's people out there that will say you never know until you get there, you know, yeah. and you could change your mind, and yeah, that's possible. But I'm thinking about this now, and I I think that I'm I'm tempering my collection. With curation. <laughs> mm. And I think that everything that I have, I, I'm trying to really stop myself from just buying things for the sake of it. Yeah. And that I think that's what leads me back to, you know, how I'll keep playing Zelda. <laughs> because no matter how I feel, I want to make sure that I get my money's worth, I suppose. Or mm. well, it's not just about that, but make sure I give it the attention that it deserves. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's a purpose for my collection. Now I'm giving all those games the attention that I believe they deserve.
2: Mm. Yeah, and I just I just think that the times where I have decided I'm I'm going to sell off, you know, a large collection of something like, you know, I, I sold off my entire Super Nintendo collection, which was quite big, big back in the day, oh. and I sold all of those. Um, I didn't Game know Game Gear, um, yeah, Master System, mm. um, Mega Drive as well. So, all these Mega Drive games you see, mm. they're all like a reclaiming of my collection because I sold my collection oh. before. Um, uh, yeah, Commodore 64 is the only sort of remaining stuff from back in the day yep. is original, mm. plus what I've gathered now. Mm. But yeah, every time I think back to when I've decided to change things and, and sell off, I always regret it. I always regret it. In saying that, if particular life circumstances came up where it, it made sense to get rid of my collection, I wouldn't think twice about it. Mm. I could get rid of it. It's not going to kill me. Mm. You know, it's the same as my arcade and pinball machines. I, I love them. Mm. But if I had to, and I needed the money really quickly... I could sell them. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Mm. You know, I mean, games is my life. Mm. I love them, but I don't necessarily need to be surrounded by them. Yeah. And they make me happy, but you can be happy without them. Yeah. That's true. So it's definitely. It just depends on your own life circumstances, I think.
1: Yeah. I think it's a funny thing where, yeah, they can, they make you happy, but. It's not like the main source of enrichment in your life. Yeah, that's right. You know, I think that, or or even, I would say even a, a necessarily a significant source of enrichment in your life, mm. because it's not really getting you, it's not, you're not actually progressing in any way. Mm. You're really just appreciating, you know, something. And I mean, I guess if you experience games that you never had before in a way that's enrichment but not in a way that your family would or your you know, career and other aspects of your life.
2: No, I don't know about that. I'd probably contest that. I think I think you are being enriched by uh gaining knowledge in a particular subject which does advance you uh socially. Mm. You make new okay. friends. Um, mm-hmm. It can help you in your career. I mean, i I can say where I'm in where I landed in my career and relationships is because of gaming, um, and and yeah, it's like you know I'm doing all these creative endeavors mm. with the website, mm. with the podcast, and so forth because of gaming, mm. and that's not just a random throwaway thing. I like to think it affects people Mm. makes people happy yeah i mean if it doesn't make people happy i'm obviously doing something wrong Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but it also makes me happy make me happy oh that's good yeah
1: um i love sitting across from you and talking at you
2: (laughs) (laughs) with me not at me (laughs) um but yeah yeah. i I think it's personally enriching and Mm. i think it's important yeah so it's not something that's just on the periphery and doesn't matter Mm. okay
1: well that's good I mean I yeah, it's good to to get that I mean this is just stuff I, I always think about stuff like this.
3: Mm.
2: <laughs> mm.
1: And I always have to recheck myself.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was it's actually interesting you brought this topic up because I just I think it was yesterday I watched a um a YouTube video from um a guy who goes by the name of Nintendo Arcade. Mm-hmm um so just look up nintendo arcade on youtube you'll find his channel he's a guy from the uk and he does some really cool stuff but one video he did recently and which was the video i watched yesterday was why collect um what oh. what does it mean geez we just wasted the all that time I have just watch
0: <laughs> this guy's video <laughs> um
2: and he said he that question came up in his mind and became a thing because he was moving house, right? And he suddenly realised how much stuff he has, how difficult it is. It's going to, it is going to be to move. Yeah, what it actually means to him, and does mm. it mean to him enough to to go to the effort yeah. of moving all this stuff? And yeah, should he get rid of it? Or yeah, and he went down a list of things that he thinks is the reason why he does what he does Mm. and why he finds it important and why he thinks it's important to continue to do it. So that's a really cool video. So I'd suggest to watch that.
1: I wish we had the list to... I really want to know what those things are.
2: Well, the big one, at least the big one that I pulled from it, was, um, again, the the people that you meet Mm. and get involved with. Mm -hmm. I mean, one example was... The um, the the Nintendo arcade game, which I can never remember the name of, it starts with Sky. Mm. But there's a number of games that start with Sky, Sky Skipper or Sky oh, Skipper
0: sounds about right. It's not Sky Skipper. It's not.
2: I don't think so. Sky, Sky something. Um, Sky Cursor. No, it's one
0: of them. This, so this is this arcade game that never got released, yeah.
2: Yeah, the Nintendo arcade game that never got released. Yeah. But he and um, Brent from the Broken Token podcast in the US managed to find an original PCB, convert it back to Sky Skipper, Sky Cursor, whatever it is, <laughs> and then um, go to Nintendo in America, who had the only the the last remaining actual arcade cabinet, mm. and scan all the artwork in, and then reproduce this with Nintendo's permission. Mm. Um, two actual arcade machines you mean nintendo gave permission for someone to do something i know it's amazing it's unbelievable (laughs) and so he was saying you know that's a good example of that was something that he tracked down because of a hobby that he's interested in Mm. and now he's made this connection with a person over in the u.s um they flew over to the uk and his family met his family and you know they're friends for life Mm. now and all this kind of stuff Mm. and that's just so important. Mm. I mean, how else would that interaction happen mm. without having a a, a, a point interest. of interest, a common yeah. interest? Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's invaluable. And maybe it could be collecting stamps, mm. coins, yeah. cars, whatever. Mm. But whatever that is, it is important because yeah. it connects people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it could be anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, I definitely obviously have friends through probably well my only outlet i mean i haven't met many people in retro collecting so far because i've only really just started but um in pinball we have a lot of friends who yeah that's right are just friends
2: now and i travel all over the country and to other countries Mm. to play pinball with Mm. these people yeah and
1: sometimes people ask me oh Oh, did you meet that person through gaming or something? And I'm like, oh yeah, that person I do know that person through pinball, but mm. I don't really think of it that way anymore.
2: Yeah, that's right. They're just a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um we'll leave
1: that leave people to ponder their own. I know. It got a little deep, habits. didn't it?
2: Got a little deep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System forums, as MDW would say, (laughs) at gamethesystem.co. You can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. You can reach me on Twitter at Markstweet, that's at M-A-R-C-S underscore tweet. And John and Matt, you're on the forums as BSS and Huego.
1: Yep. I'm Huego.
2: Indeed you are. (laughs) And that's it. So thank you for listening and we will see you next episode. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Shut up and sit down.